horses and bayonets. There, I got out of my system. Yeehaw. Fucking Assassin's Creed Ho- 3. Horses with bay. Oh, okay. I was like, horses with bayonets? That'd be pretty cool. Horses on bayonets? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would not be cool. I, I don't know. I'm, I am one for reverence of like a time that I... I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going to go with that. I That's a very touchy So I just had to get out of my system, though, because I'm just like... Horses and bayonets. Like, I don't know. I won't I, touch... I, I, I'm I won't sure touch. eventually it was going to get to be offensive for Indians. I, I'm sure it probably eventually get to that point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wasn't going to touch binders full of women. But uh, uh, if Sean was here, though, I don't know. God, yeah. But Sean's on a train somewhere, getting drunk or something. I don't know. Yeah. He's is in that, is that, is that all he does now? Uh, I guess that's all you really can do in Seattle. So yeah, that's understandable. Mm. But yeah, other than that, um, holy shit, you guys! I don't even remember. Fuck. Oh yeah, it's Halloween. Oh shit. Okay, so Ooh. I'm, dude. So I'm gonna be. Hipster Werewolf Part 2. I was uh, Batman if Batman lost um, lost all his money. <laughs> and he also lost Alfred. And he gained maybe about a buck, a buck 20. And also if he didn't have any skills uh, that he learned from the mountains. Or crime if fighting. He, Just or crime, crime fighting. fighting. Yeah, <laughs> if he didn't have any of that, that was me. That was my outfit. It was... You know, not my best, but definitely not my worst. My worst Halloween outfit was probably last year when I wore nothing but a blue shirt and a Sonic hat, and that was it. And I was Sonic Hedgehog. But that was an awesome... No, I love that. Wait. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. (laughs) No, wait. You weren't Eddie Riggs. Who was fucking Eddie Riggs? No, that was a buddy of mine. A buddy of mine went as Eddie Riggs a couple years ago, back when uh, Brutal Legend was relevant. Um, was brutal I, Relig- was brutal legends even relevant? Ah, uh, that's true. Honestly, <laughs> if it didn't have the if it only have mildly the, so. Yeah, if it didn't have the uh, the RTS stuff, that game. I mean, I still think it's a good game. I, I I actually need to one of these days go back and play it. But who has the time? Yeah, no, I beat the fuck out of it, and I actually like the RTS elements. I just wish they were. I I, I I would maybe buy the DLC. They had DLC for that, didn't they? Maybe it's yeah. still in the marketplace. I don't know. Yeah, it's still in the marketplace. It's just you know. I don't know. Yeah, like it, it, it was it was double fine doing trenched before they did trenched. <laughs> before now it's Iron Brigade. Yeah, before they, they were doing did Iron Brigade before it was, it was Brigade. trench, but now it's trenched, not Iron uh, Brigade, but it's Iron confusing. Brigade now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. So, indeed. So this week on Press Radio, and oh, hey, by the way, motherfucker, it is episode sixty-six now. <laughs> it yeah. was sixty-five last time. So Sarah likes to jump ahead all the time. Yeah, I don't know. It it's, it's nice that we call ourselves out on it though. Good yeah. good shit to call ourselves I, out. I lost count after twenty five anyways, guys, so I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's fine. Kinda how, it's kinda how I feel with my age. Oh. Yeah. You have such it low happens. expectations. <laughs> but what we don't have is uh no, I don't know. I'm you know where I'm going with that one. But we what we're gonna talk about it's Castlevania retrospective, dun, dun, dun. and we'll see which one of us can do the worst vampire impersonation. Uh, just, we already know somebody who does that. His name is Robert Pattinson. He makes way more fucking money than any of us, and fucking rightfully, rightfully mm-hmm. to the point where he makes more than he even deserves. So yeah. it, there it, we it, go. Is, it is a pretty terrible uh, vampire impression. That's very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
True. Mm-hmm. Dude, speaking of which, the dude who did the count died. Oh, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, he's fucking dead, man. This is this episode's in the memory of him. Zero uh, count. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's terrible, dude. I mean, first Sesame Street's getting retired, and now you know now this. Well, it's not getting retired, but you know Mitt Romney's gonna uh, fire them or take them off the air or something like that. What's politics? You yeah. know what he's going to do? He's going to take Sesame Street and turn it into, like, the next Wall Street. That'd be brutal. Like, Michael Douglas yeah. and fucking Kermit just doing shit. That'd be awesome. I'd watch that. And and fucking Oscar the Grouch. He'd be like... <laughs> Still being in a trash can. Or maybe it's like yeah. a rags the riches kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't be too exactly. bad. <laughs> Slumdog millionaire, Oscar the Grouch. He'll, he'll have, like, a skyscraper and his garbage can will be at the the very top of it. As, like, a beacon of... Oscar-ness. Oscar yes. the Grouch is just a pleasant reminder of like how we should really feel about our homeless population and like just I don't know. He's he's, the uh, most he's my role model. Uh, works for me. I mean, he's got quite the layer under that trash can, dude. He does. It's he does true. Quite a bit. But anyway, original man cave. Oh man, press pod radio episode sixty six, Castlevania retrospective. Let's do this. It's fucking go time. Ghost. Ooh, ghost. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Um, Sarah earlier today showed me like one of the funniest fucking parodies ever, but apparently Family <laughs> Guy, Family Guy parodied uh, Street Fighter. And uh, what the just... fuck? Are you serious? Oh, my yeah, God. no. Back in it. 2010, too. That's the worst part. Yeah, was but it's it... good. Oh, it was hilarious. It just basically so... recreated a fight between him and like this Asian dude at a bathhouse. And it was just like pretty much Peter doing Ryu moves. And especially when it, like he, he was like, there's pretty picking. He's just. <laughs> he's like. It <laughs> <laughs> was hilarious, oh, man. And, like, especially I love you just hearing him going Hadouken. Like he just <laughs> he just says it with his fucking hella like uh, Hadouken. Yeah, his hella Rhode Island ass <laughs> accent Hadouken. <laughs> I uh, I and want then, someone to do okay. someone do Peter Griffin doing Blanca, please. <laughs> 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 Oh, now we're, I don't know. That's, I think the world was already treated to that on primetime television years ago. His yeah, name's Tim more, Allen. That's more of a Tim Allen thing. Yeah. yeah it's Tim Allen. Oh, I want, I want to fight Tim Allen in Street Fighter. I want, I want to fight Tim Allen just right now. Like, I just want to fight Tim Allen. I, no, no, fuck that. I'll fight Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I will fucking punch him right, <laughs> I wanna, right, in, right in his nose. Right in his goddamn bubble goose. Um, yeah. So, my name is George. And Hi, we're George. hosting a podcast. Press Pause Radio with me on this right. podcast this fine evening. I have the man in the north, Sarah. He's a guy. No, it's true. Yeah, he's Canadian. 
That's also true. Also true. Yeah. And he, he's a dick mouth because he had uh, Thanksgiving already. He's a dick mouth. Booyah. So, you know what's funny, too, is I don't know if I just started following more Canadians on the Internet, but, like, back when Sarah introduced the fact that Thanksgiving happens in Canada around October, it blew our fucking minds away, to say the mm-hmm. least. Yeah. All over the ceiling, it's true. Yeah. No, our our brain matter was the fucking stuff of legends. America like, doing it wrong once again. Yeah, it was, it was just hard candy. A fucking slittered ag- across the floor. This year... I just like I I feel like everybody kind of found out the same time and everybody's just like, oh, those Canadians and they're look at them. They're having their Thanksgiving and all that fucking stuff. And like it was just funny to me, you know, that common knowledge wasn't really spread about or networked in in such a manner a couple of years ago. So I don't know. Fun stuff did not. That makes you a Canadian uh, Thanksgiving knowledgeability uh, hipster, doesn't it? I knew about that like way before you did. Dude, I know about a lot of shit before anybody did. <laughs> I'm just there. <laughs> Is that so? Well, no, apparently I didn't know that fucking Trivia Red Company. company. Yeah, yeah, like what? How did you not know that Red Company made like Airzonk? Fucking uh, why? Why would I assume that the same company that helped produce? And because it's right it... in the like as soon as you turn it on, it says copyright 1992 Red Company. I didn't fucking notice that. I didn't it's notice stupid. Every time you turn it on, I, when it goes, do, 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 boom, there's like copyright 1992 red. Are you not fucking watching the same glistening, bitching sunglasses that I am? They're right there. How the fuck do you look away from anything else? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Are you but sure? I can also tell you that, uh, well, let's see here. There's one of the games here. This will blow your mind, too. Yeah, but they uh, did. Blood Will Tell, they did Gungrave, and they helped produce fucking yeah. both Trigun and Gungrave as animes. Trigun's my favorite goddamn anime. Well, Bonk's thanks to Full Metal. Bong's Adventure was also published by Atlas. I did not know that. I thought it was published by Hudson Soft. Oh, it was, but it was co-published by Atlas. It's right, in, it's right on the, uh, the Hue card. Huh. So, uh, no, it is not. It is so. I have the Hue card. It's green I'm and ugly. Looking, so, yeah, right, with pink letters. I'm looking at it right now. Well, I can't. I don't have the luxury of getting up to look at it. I'm recording a I show. I'm in a binder, biatch. Yeah, I remember that. That's weird. I yeah. actually, do you know that they sell very reproduction intense. cases on eBay? That's awesome. Yeah. No, actually, that's I, very awesome, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, and they're yeah. authentic. Like, they pretty much, this dude just bought Legit. a fuck ton <laughs> of Keith Courage. <laughs> he just bought, like, like Keith Courage by the fucking bulk. And then he just uses the cases uh, to make reprodu- reproduction cases. Sick. He's he's gotta, actually saying yeah. that if he sells through it a little bit more throughout the end of the year, that he'll run out. But he's currently trying to make a mold that how will allow many, him. Uh, how many does he like? Uh, well, not how many, but how much does he charge for them? You know, fifteen bucks. That's it. Well, that's, that's it. it. I say that, but uh, yeah, I know that's, that's fifteen bucks a game. So, like, I remember a while back when we talked about Game Case World and we did an interview with them. So I bought a couple of their cases. And Fire. yeah, I want to keep catching up on the cases, but it's like fucking ten bucks, ten bucks a case, man. There's only so much you can do. Plus, so, it's like it's it's bitching on your shelf, but it's not helpful towards shelf room. Like you have an efficient means of storage. Not not an, I don't know. Nine Andrew. times fifteen. There's a lot. Yeah, of fucking- I. <laughs> I know he's doing math. I just figured I'd introduce. Yeah, him. <laughs> that's a lot of math. I uh, actually. I- 
it's over a hundred dollars to get all the cases that I'd need for my turbo games because oh, I ended up buying a, a lot of loose ones, right? But guaranteed. So it might be worth it though. Guaranteed. I'm I'm in that same boat. Andrew, how you doing, buddy? I, I took off my shirt because this uh this conversation is getting so sexy. Fucking like uh god damn. Um and also uh Tim Allen, jungle to jungle sucked. So I just wanted to get that out there real quick. So Jesus so went good. Wait, jungle okay, to so... jungle to jungle. That movie sucked. Yeah, I no, it want, did. I just, I just had to tell Tim Allen that if he's listening. But Tim Allen, if I had a choice between watching Jungle to Jungle and any of the Santa Claus movies, I'm gonna have to go with Jungle to Jungle. However, mm. um, okay. try watching try watching Santa Claus drunk. It's actually a lot of fun. Is it now? Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. You could do a drinking game. We could always do that. Maybe for Christmas. And you can make a drinking <laughs> game about anything though. Like God, we Man, found a drinking. We, 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 we did it with a, the wizard. We did it with the wizard. No, there's a fucking drinking game for Sling Blade. <laughs> oh god that sounds <laughs> offensive already <laughs> yeah no it, it, it is it's pretty well actually it's not that bad anytime you so hear much. mashed taters like you gotta you gotta guzzle one down but yeah sling blade even has a drinking game so yeah there's that yep the more you know <laughs> oh man so um I'm gonna I'm gonna take a drink and uh, Andrew you go ahead and explain what's on tap for our, our listening crowd today Excellent. Well, uh, it's Halloween, and we're always uh, trying to do things that are relevant to the holidays. So we're going to talk about the scariest game of all time. It's a game for the Sega Genesis called Castlevania. And also, it's got vampires and zombies and werewolves. And Medusa heads. Oh, and I, made up, I, I, I made up about two-thirds of that stuff, I think. And midgets. <laughs> No, there are midgets. They're they're and cowboys. Is there really? I, wait, well, which one, one had cowboys? The Genesis one. All of them, didn't it? Wait, no. there was a Genesis. There is a Genesis one. There oh, okay. I thought one. I thought I made that up. Okay. Anyway, yeah, no, there there's an exclusive Genesis one. Just like there's an exclusive okay. Contra Hardcore. Oh, Contra Hardcore. It was the exclusive Genesis title, which is fucking better than Alien Wars. Was there ever a Castlevania called Super Castlevania? Yes, Super Castlevania Four. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. I, I if not, they should have been. But I'm glad they did that. Good job. Ultimate Castlevania? No, but there was one called Haunted Castle. That's the worst one. That was a Castlevania, though. <laughs> it didn't have Vania in it. <laughs> no, that was got the, it wrong. That was the uh, arcade version of Castlevania. But we'll talk. We'll talk about it. That would be cool. Yeah, let's. I want to learn. I want to learn with everyone else. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do a retrospect in Castlevania, and you know we're gonna talk about essentially where it's going with uh. What is doing with Lords of Shadow? So, plenty to talk about. We're also going to go ahead and dive into some news, some what's in your console, and select feedback. So, let's go ahead and smash out the news. Yes, let's. So it's relevant only because of like some of the shit that's gone on within the year. And I believe the Cess man, he kind of Cess kind of knew what was going on from from the get go. And yeah. that's why I think he bailed out early. But they saw the writing on the wall. 
Yeah, pretty much. G4 mm-hmm. has ended its gaming programming or whatever was left of it, uh, or whatever you can substantiate is gaming programming. And uh, yeah, it's just going to play nothing yeah, but heavy, cops. Heavy air quotes on gaming programming, right? Yeah, it, it's just going to play nothing but uh, cops and cheaters now, I think. I don't know. Wah, but, wah. Good job it, on the rebranding, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, no. Okay, so here's the thing. Does anybody remember G4 before the uh, tech TV buyout? I do. Yeah. So G4 was like, I think it was obnoxiously video game television. Like everything and anything it played was video games. It also had very little commercial time, which I don't know. It was just okay. So like there is that multiplayer show that had Kevin Pereira and like that really tall guy. I I don't remember. Like he's extremely tall, but he didn't have a neck. He was just like head and then chest. I don't I don't remember his name per se, but like they hosted like a multiplayer game show. Uh, I remember like the best thing still to this day from G4. Me and Matt were actually reverencing about it a little bit. Cinematech, and essentially Cinematech spirit lives on in YouTube. Now it really does, yeah. but man. But even then, like, does anybody remember? Um, Icons, man, that was one. Of Icons, my Icons yeah. was a shit, dude. Before Icons turned into some weird like. Celebrity personality. Yeah, yeah that's that was. What was, was, right? like, was the one that was like MTV Cribs, but with gamers, and the only person they could get on was fucking Asia Carrera. <laughs> yeah, that was icons. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, why is she on there? Like, seriously, you're a porn star. Like, you played, I don't know, Unreal Tournament 2004, and this accounts for you being <laughs> on the show. Like, are you serious? That's, well, that's no, really a goddamn shame. But you should really remember, like, what it was beforehand. And, like, dude, there was a lot of people that helped out with G4. Like, uh, Believe it or not, guys, that's how I, like, decided... That's what basically uh, brought me back to 1UP was uh, G4. Uh, Okay, so if you guys want, like, the spirit of anything that remotely resembles G4, what it was, like, why people look back at it, you can actually get it. If you own Mega Man Anniversary Collection... Yes, sir. uh, the Icons episode on Mega Man is on that disc. But Icons was called something else, wasn't it, at some point? Like, before it was called Icons? No, it was always uh, Icons. Hmm. Um, and then there was also another one where they did, like, a top ten list. And I really like that one. Like, my favorite one still this day is the top ten, um, top ten Dreamcast games, which is awesome because, like, that chick uh, dressed up as Ulala. I forget, the, like, the name of the host. Um... Remember when X-Play, though, was uh, GameSpot TV, and that was on Tech TV? That, that was, like, the only reason why I tuned into Tech TV, other than screensavers. Screensavers was fucking ridiculous, too. Um, but, yeah, no, GameSpot TV was my first exposure, like, you know, before I had consistent internet to the GameCube. Uh, I remember, in fact, Adam Susser did, like, this extensive, really extensive review on uh, Pikmin, and that's what made me get Pikmin. But I don't know, like, I haven't watched a new X-Play episode recently, recently, but I've watched one as recent as last year, and it was a fucking joke, man. It was, it was essentially the Spike VGAs. Like, it was more theatrics than it was review. Am I, am I remembering, remembering that right? Like, anybody want to chime in there? (laughs) Or was I, like, the only loser that watched X-Play last year? I mean, just, like, just the episode? It it was probably, like, their (laughs) award show then, right? You, like, watched... 
No, I just watched like it was, it was, just, it was just a episode, a episode where they just like oh, they they no. included all these skits that involved like fucking terrorizing interns. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I don't know, I I never really. God, it sucks because Sessler obviously is the only reason why any of us watched it. Him and Kevin Pereira, and then when they both left, there was no real reason. I don't really have a problem with Morgan Webb. I know a lot of people do. But I always thought she at least had a voice in, in, in the gaming industry and that she necessarily didn't go off her looks alone. That was until she posed for like Maxim or whatever publication it was. Then I was like, OK, never mind. I, I changed my mind. But <laughs> I I don't know. Like I always thought they had the right intentions, but it's kind of like Jeff Keighley. Like if you listen to Jeff Keighley talk just in any other setting other than on Game Trailers TV, he's actually a pretty well-educated man. He's actually opinionated. But when you're forced to be on television and to adhere to a certain, uh, you know, code of conduct, you have to be a certain way because that's what's expected of you because you're on television and you have to not offend any one person or group of people. You kind of don't get a chance to be yourself. That's why Sessler did the soapbox all the time, because that way he could talk about his real opinions, but it wasn't on the program. And um, I feel bad because I feel like had they been given that outlet and actually talked about what they wanted to talk about. You know, they actually would have probably had a more successful show and a program. I mean, because if you talk to, um, well, if you don't talk to anyone, uh, Giant Bomb did like E3 coverage this past summer, and Jeff Keighley was on their show, and he was actually like a just a down to earth kind of cool guy. If he's just talking in a normal setting, but when he's on TV, he seems kind of like a douchebag. You know, and when he does the Spike Video Game Awards, he seems like even more of a douchebag. But you know, you can't necessarily help that because you have to adhere to a certain code of conduct. You have to be a certain way. Because you're on television. So are um, we are we gonna segue into like the the recent image that uh, games journalism has kind of been painted with and what we've kind of like been lambasted with this week? Because that kind of goes back in relation to like that uh, promo coverage that he did with the tie-in marketing involved with Mountain Dew and Doritos. As, as we yeah. see Jeff Keeley just fucking sit there and like I don't know. Hold on, I have a really obnoxious dog. Hey, the dog's apparently. upset. Really upset Dog. about Mountain Dew and Doritos. But, you know, Jeff Keighley, he's got to get that double XP for Halo, man. I don't blame him. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'm, like, I'm trying to get some caps right now. You guys got some ball caps for me? I'll take them. Uh, do you guys... Okay, so did you guys hear about that whole Eurogamer? Uh, I did. Yeah, and it's... Uh, I don't know. That like, site can but, never but, get but, away from in, controversy. Man. I've been working like a slave for the last 20 days. Okay. It, yeah, but you're right. It does kind of tie into what we're talking about, about public appearance and you know trying to be yourself as opposed to being someone representing your brand or your publication it's yeah it's kind of a slippery slope okay so essentially what had happened is a writer for Eurogamer I believe it's Jonathan fuck I can't remember his name I I don't know if we should necessarily bring names into it I I know the person in question I'm not personally but I know who they are we know who he is so I mean we're we're simply just bringing names for the sake of uh, exposition but I mean if we want to keep names out of it I'm totally cool with that but essentially a writer for Eurogamer which we we do will reference the site recently wrote a uh, opinion editorial about the state of games journalism based solely alone on Jeff Keighley's uh, uh, basically promo material involved with uh, Halo 4 and Doritos and Mountain Dew. And just him sitting there, and you're right, again, 
as we mentioned, I think when when it comes to anything on, in an official space, because of like the face that he is in the industry, and the writer does make good mention of you know exactly all the he touched on all the points you just made. Jeff Keighley, you know, as an individual in sharing what he personally has to say about uh, anything involving a particular game, the industry, the culture, or the state of things in this culture, you know, to fucking begin with. Yeah, the man has substantial amount, uh, a substantiated amount of things to say, and they're all, I, I would like to believe, pretty significant, especially if you're genuinely concerned uh, about getting an educated opinion. The man, he has it. But I feel like he's just, because he's become such a face and he's allowed himself to do several different things throughout the years, he's just become a face that's a shill. He is, he's essentially a platform that people recognize and in basically see and associate with video games that other companies see as well and associate him as nothing more but a pilot to fucking promote some sort of marketing strategy. And, you know, uh, the man in question in Eurogamer basically spoke about like, you know, uh, how games journalists kind of allow themselves to be this pilot for, for shills or marketing just because, like, they kind of forget why they do it to begin with, to be a voice. But, you know, you're not, you're trying to be a voice. You're not trying to be a face. And um, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but the, actually something else came out of that as well. Not only the Jeff Keighley incident, but uh, out of that actually came another kind of form of controversy, I guess you could say. Well, um, that, there that, was, that I was leading into. But yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Take over. Well, so, so basically, um, a, another writer for a publication in the UK actually defended that you know, not necessarily being a shill or being, you know, uh, someone to market or brand a certain company, but basically the writer in question, um, uh, she basically defended that, uh, because there was also this other kind of thing going on where there was a contest to win a PS three for, uh, promoting Tomb Raider, uh, the new Tomb Raider game coming out. And you had to do it by like slapping images all over your Twitter profile, like make the Twitter background Tomb Raider. And this is the person that writes for a publication that does, you know, supposed, uh, unbiased reviews on games and you know covers the industry and they thought that it was kind of contradicting to you know try to win a contest for a ps3 by promoting a game when you're supposed to be writing about games in a you know in, in a manner in that's an objective manner in an objective manner yeah and um the person in question actually put down as their employer or one of their employers square enix and that whole kind of mentality and that whole attitude really kind of got a lot of people upset because you're supposed to be unbiased and you can't, in good conscience, like promote a company or their game, even if you're a fan, like, you know, and then still try to write objectively about games. I mean, you can, but you have to really, you know, state that, OK, this is my own opinion. This doesn't reflect my employer, doesn't reflect, you know, my job or anything like that. And it sucks because, you know, I could probably go on and say, I love this game, but I'm going to write about it. And there's it, it a lot of shades of gray that come into that because usually you'll have your first person shooter guy write the review for a first-person shooter. But if we had to be objective, we would probably just have someone that's never played a shooting game before play it and review it. That doesn't make sense because they've never played that kind of genre. And they so, wouldn't know what to appreciate or point out. There's a fine exactly. balance. I, I there think, is. I think what it is in, like, Lay Alexander touched on it uh, a long time ago. Me and Rob Thomas of Crush, Frag, Destroy, uh, we've had several different debates in regards to this mentality, but there's something known as the sports box complex where sports journalists run into this sort of thing as well, to where when you're passionate about sports, you're also going to be passionate about a team. 
and the fact that you want to just be there strictly on the lines of journalism in terms of providing subs- like basically objective opinion and objective criticism towards the politics, structure, or otherwise ongoings of the sports culture without exposing your, your fucking your passion for a particular team or player or anything of that nature and remaining objective. And see, you kind of have to run into that with video games, too. And she talked about, you know, as as game journalists, there are times where I just don't understand. It. And like, I, I I'd like to think that I defend it in certain moments. But like, you know, just journalists who just like openly take part in fucking promotions for the sake of getting free shit or just for the sake of notoriety, just for the sake of feeling important. And that and that kind of touches in pace, like with my whole problem where like even independent, like we're independent. We, we don't, like, we, we operate solely as our own entity. We, we do get assets. We do get cool shit to fucking do it. But I'm not in a secret fucking club that makes you better than, or makes me better than you. And a lot of journalists kind of fall into those trappings. And that, that bugs me. That bugs me so much. And I've been certain, saying this for years. Yeah. And, and like, I think there, there are certain images or uh, portrayals of certain events that, that kind of put a, a damper on what the quote-unquote professionalism of the uh, medium is. Man, we're getting fucked up tonight. I can tell. It's seriously like the third one I've heard. Yeah. We're just going to get... It's just, it's just cherry Pepsi. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, all right. Well, fuck it. I'm... Yeah, Sarah's getting fucked up on that cherry Pepsi. Yeah, Sarah's <laughs> getting fizzy. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, man. That's what we do around here. Um, getting fizzy in the house. What? Yeah, but seriously, this whole thing just really gives me nightmares of what happened with the whole uh, Jeff Gersman, Kane and Lynch debacle. You know, like having an opinion, but it being an opinion that is, you know, it contradicts your employer or their goals or what they want to happen. Same with uh, Dan Shu, you know, the whole thing about um, EGM writing a negative review and then the company wanting to pull all of their ads, pull all that stuff from their publication because they gave them a bad review. You know, like you have to stand by a certain uh, conviction, and, and if, I, you, if, if, if you let that become, you know, abused or, or you know, kind of tampered with, you lose all credibility. Um, unless you're me, I'll take any free shit you guys want to give me. You <laughs> send me free games, I'll take it. I don't give a shit. I am a money hat. I'm a fucking rack of money hats. Come on, bring me all the stuff. It's true. We've seen him. He's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's a literal. You, you should have saw me at PAX hats. last year, man. I was grabbing every single goddamn thing I could see. I tried to take Major Nelson with me. I tried to put him on the plane, but I realized he wasn't swag. Yeah, so. he would. He would. He's, he's not very much fucking worthwhile as a person either, let alone slag, oh, swag. Oh, leave Larry Herb alone. He's not a bad guy. Oh, I didn't even know his real name. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, but, no. It, it, you it, see that? Like, like when someone's in the limelight like that, they just they, they get the hate. They're probably a decent person, but since they have to represent their company or represent that. You know, honestly, I mean, you say like Jeff Keighley, like he comes off as kind of this person that no one really likes because he has to shill all this shit. I mean, I'm sure in his mind, he's thinking that he's fighting the good fight, that he has to put up with the bullshit and the hate to try to get games out in a medium and get it out. You know, I mean, how else would you have a television show about video games on TV, even if it is Spike TV? He's still doing it, you know, but sometimes you have to, you know, kind of be the asshole. I don't know. I, I don't think I ever really hate any of those guys. You know, like, except I don't, I don't like, hate them, but I, it, I definitely like it, it's it's a it's a matter of just face palming at times. Just I don't know what it is, but uh, there are I moments like his portal the 2, the doubt. <laughs> I, I try to like remember the portal Two app like they're just. Oh, yeah. 
I just feel like there there are certain contributions that he he provides that are they 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 really they fit they serve no purpose other than just simply corporate greed, man. The marketing. I mean, but but honestly, if he said that, I would probably say you know if you say that's the case, like Jeff Keighley doing a behind the scenes documentary on a game coming out and releasing it as a paid app so people can experience it, then you would probably say the exact same thing about not only the people that did. Uh, indie game the movie. I mean, I know they're trying to get out there and get exposure to that industry, but they are also making you pay for it and you have to buy it. And, you know, same with like Polygon. Like, I love a lot of the people that work on Polygon. I follow a lot of those guys in the industry. But look how much hate they got when they came out with that web series, the video series about the making of Polygon. Like, how much hate they got because they're just trying to put it out in the front and show them what's going on behind the scenes. But people took it as being, you know, kind of uh, egotistical and. You well, know, let's let's I mean, be it, honest. Like, oh, I love Press Reset. I really do. And I love all those people, especially like I think every single one of my favorite gaming personalities at this point are is a part of Polygon. So, yes, Polygon and especially like with them and kudos to them. I'm so fucking happy that they launch and it's a beautiful site and everything that they've done. Like their their hard work is paid off. But uh, let alone within the same first episode when like and again, he's one of my favorite personalities within the quote unquote game journalism media but at the same time the man just like i i won't i'll admit it like i i have a certain expectation of my image when it comes to like my opinion my voice or or my presence for that matter but fucking come on dude getting a goddamn tattoo inked like in the very first like i'm sorry as i, I know really? i can't hear you over your pretentious fucking tattoo <laughs> needle Speak that's up. exactly right i can't exactly hear right. you <laughs> Oh, man, like, I'm sorry. Like, do I really know? Do I have to know that Russ Pitts likes to go out and shoot guns? I mean, I didn't really have to know that. It's not relevant to his job or what he writes about. But I mean, it, I get it. it, it I, get, was... I get it. They're people. They're just like you and me. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> they are, though. But like, I just it was it was it's sort of that that fucking documentary flair that comes about with it. Just like in any game, the movie, you know, we had. But I feel like any game, the movie kind of still portray them in a little bit more realer sense. But sometimes, too. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, I get depressed every time I watch that movie more and more again because I'm just, like, thinking about Fez now. And, like, Bill it's Fish. the God state of Paul Drake. Yeah, Bill, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, you, you know, but uh, fuck, I love Press Reset alone just for a lot of stuff they talk about. And once they put that, if they do, which I really think they should, if they put that shit out on a DVD, I'll buy it day one. So Sadly, they, I think I would, too. I think it's just because I want to see Justin Griffin McElroy just talk. Like, that's all I care about. I just just make him a bam, bam documentary like that and I'll be happy. But but honestly, like in, you know, kind of in summary, I. I'm going to miss you four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, honestly, even though half the time we hated it, I still felt like it was the only way that a lot of people got their information. I mean, not a lot of people are hip to the Internet and they don't know which sites to go to. And they don't know how to read reviews. So for a lot of people, people I know personally, that was their only form of getting reviews, getting information about games, and that's sadly gone. You know, it's kind of like with magazines, like that form of media or, you know, that 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 kind of information source is gone. And, you know, it, it is sad ultimately, and I feel bad for the people that are kind of affected by it. So hopefully they, you know, land on their feet, they get something else, and, you know, maybe it'll spin off into something better. That's usually what happens. Usually when things like this happen, some great things will come because of it. So hopefully that's the case. Well, uh, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe you as well. And it, it's the internet and especially like game journalism field, as we all know, especially us on this cast, 
personally, no, it's it's a it's a fucking it's a treacherous field of of uh it's it's a career path that you you cannot tread lightly. However, it's one if if you have that passion, that drive, and especially if you already have like that rapport, dude, you you will get fucking shit done. Be it believed. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna miss G4. That whole thing with Jeff Keeley, I I still support the man. But yeah, I I think I would I would like. I don't say that the game, the image of game journalism is necessarily in the gutter, but I really feel like there are people that are doing it for the wrong reasons. And I don't understand how they got there, which is what we've already talked about before when we see fucking people wearing 10 different hats and waiting in line to get an exclusive Skylanders figure when they're, they have a media badge. And, you know, we, we, we've kind of touched on this before, but uh, as far as the sports box per, you know, complex, I feel like as long as you deliver a certain amount of passion, going back to that argument where, okay, you know, we're going to have our first person shooter individual review that first person shooter game. If he checks, if he checks the uh, subjectivity at the door, they're going to be able to deliver like the best opinion on it other than anyone else. I, for example, look at Sarah. What if one of us did bullet heaven? Wouldn't work. Wouldn't work at all. Mm -hmm. The truth. So, it's just... Mine would, mine would just be Bullet Heaven, I Suck at Shmups. <laughs> That'd be my, a pretty terrible show. Mine would just be like... Bullet fuck, Purgatory, right? Mine would just be like, <laughs> fuck this hitbox, fuck these people, I'm gonna go play Jungle Book. Fuck everything. <laughs> or Donkey Kong Country. I'm done. Anyway. Do I sense a bit of bitterness towards Dragon Spirit? No, nah, Dragon Spirit has an okay hitbox in a little bit. It's, it could be better. Fuck Salamander, though. The game, I'm gonna wipe my asshole with that game. Dumbass, fucking. <laughs> George fucking. is sour about that one. Oh, little, fucking salty. That game, man. If you only That's... saw all of us play it. it, it oh, weirdly enough, Sean does the best out of all of us. Fuck Sean. He's not even here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Anyway, let's talk about games. What's in hey, our Jeff. console games? Let's do that. Please, fucking bring bring us out of this sour state of affairs. I don't know um, which one of you is eager enough to fucking go first. Uh, I haven't played a whole uh, lot since last time we talked, but I can probably yeah. jump in for something. Uh, what did I play? <laughs> I can probably jump in. Uh, it's like well, I don't know. Oh, now I am concerned. Now I don't remember what I played. Um, well, no, no, I I I do. Um, I talked to George about this a little bit. I, I kind of went back and uh, just for purposes of something that I want to write about at some point uh, after we're you know done reviewing uh, the apocalypse of games, I want to kind of play all the Valve games. Not, not all right, maybe not all the Valve games like entirely, but I do want to go back and play Half Life. And um, so I kind of jumped back in, but I don't really want to play Half Life One because I think it just it, it's such a dated game. I mean, I still should probably play it just for the relevance of saying I played through the Half-Life series, but uh, I don't know. Someone told me there's a Black Mesa mod that you can download that actually makes Half-Life 1 look really good and kind of makes it look like a like a current source game. Yes. So I might I might do that, but I did start playing Half-Life 2 again, and I don't know. It's so weird playing with keyboard and mouse. It really is. Like, I'm, I'm not used to playing it on PC. <laughs> oh, well, you, you'll never guess what I did. I bought Half-Life on the Dreamcast when it was being sold on eBay. 
Oh, so, man. it's there's, and it plays, I didn't know there's a Half Life on Dreamcast. Is it, it was is, is it legit or was it? Uh, it's, it was one of the legit copies that they repurposed, and it, it's going to be re-released as a repro soon. So I might actually buy the repro and might be less buggy. Who knows? Hmm. But yeah, it was slated for release on the Dreamcast before the PS2 fucking merged. Yeah, they uh, they actually had uh, strategy guides up for it and everything. Yeah, I don't have the strategy guide though. I don't yeah, want. Apparently, it. those go for serious bank. But... Yeah, fuck that. Look, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Seriously, what do I do with it? What does it do? Where where do I push things to fucking get them to go? <laughs> you mean you turn the page, <laughs> and that's it? That's it. That's what it does. Fuck this, that. This, oh man, this game sucks. Um, so I started playing that and then I got an, an amazing, amazing urge and I haven't done it yet only because I had to reinstall it, but I desperately want to play portal two again, like really, really bad. Um, just because actually, you know, what really sparked it. I was on my phone and I didn't realize this, but I had a, uh, a file, an MP3 file on there. Uh, rebel FM last year, like last holiday did a music special and they're talking about all these like, you know, music themes and, you know, songs and music and or songs and music, songs in video games and songs and music, songs, songs and music, you know. <laughs> um, but they were talking about um, Portal 2 is, you know, it, it's soundtrack and the music and the turrets and, and just all the amazing stuff about that game. And it just got me remembering how amazing that game was when I played it. Like it was seriously one of my favorite games of last year. And it did come out last year, didn't it? Yeah, it came out last year. Okay. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that's when everything came out last year. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, so I really want to go back and play that. But, you know, case in point, I, I went back and started playing Half-Life 2. And I, I do want to play a lot of the Valve games. So I just reinstalled a bunch of them on my PC. Uh, but while I was playing that, I also got into some more Blacklight Retribution. Uh, especially since now they finally have some updates for that game. Because gotta... it's, been, it's been a good couple of months, like a couple of months, I think, since they've updated with any, like, really you know, really hefty uh, content. So they finally got some new stuff on there. So I went back and started playing. We got to reschedule but that game fest. We do. We really do. I really want, we had fun when we played. It just sucks that the servers had to go down right when we started getting into it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to yeah. we're definitely going to, we just, we haven't been the best with our scheduling lately. So hopefully we get better at it. <laughs> this whole holiday season of games kind of happens. So, you know, there is uh, that. Definitely something like that. Um, other than that, though, it hasn't been much more besides that. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a lot more on my PC than anything else nowadays. Um, so is Windows 8 helping you game more or is it is it adding to your gaming experience? I wouldn't say it's adding to my gaming experience. It's not becoming a hindrance. So that's good. I mean, it's, it's not <laughs> it's not it's not it's, yeah, it's not. Making me unable to play games, so that is a good thing, but I don't know. It's it's not too bad. Um, Really nothing else, though. Really, just those two things. I mean, I, I, I kind of wish I could say that I played other stuff, but I didn't really... I mean, I, I've tried been playing... I, I've been trying to play Dishonored, but I just can't find the time just to sit down and enjoy it. I've only put maybe two hours into it, but, you know, read James's review on the website. It's pretty much kind of the same way I feel about it. It's definitely something that fills the void that Bioshock left until Bioshock Infinite comes out, but it does enough right things that I think it's an experience that people really need to play. Uh, it's cool because, you know, we usually talk about Dishonored. I always compare it to, um, Assassin's Creed meets Bioshock, but with the, the running elements of Mirror's Edge, but someone actually brought it up. I don't know who it was. It might've been one of you guys brought up that it feels a lot like Chronicles of Riddick. And I kind of like almost like stopped breathing when someone said that. Cause I was like, holy shit, this is a lot like Chronicles of Riddick. I, I, I forgot all about that game. 
Do you guys remember how good Chronicles of Riddick was? Yeah, the fucking Escape from Butcher Bay. So yeah, that good. game was phenomenal. And I was like, holy I shit, I forgot all about that game. You know what's funny is we did I don't think we so even good. talked about that during the licensed movie video games podcast. Oh fuck, you're right. God damn it. See, it's like it's like it's been such a long time that, you know, and that was what Starbreeze that did that, right? Yeah. And Starbreeze like, like what are they doing now? They're doing like um shit. I don't remember. No, I'm confusing them with Stardock. Fuck me. Never mind. Yeah, Starbreeze no, no. did, did Starbreeze do Darkness cuz that's what they did afterwards, I thought. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they yeah. did the Darkness too though. Um, that's good. That's, that's a good point. I don't know if they did. I know they did Darkness One. Yes. But yeah, like Chronicles Rick was such a good fucking game. And when someone said that, I was like, "Holy shit, this is it's it, it's a steampunk, you know, like very British kind of version of uh, Chronicles of Riddick." Yeah, but so, it's got a lot more depth to the like the contextual. Uh, oh, absolutely. That have. like I, mean, I, I got yeah. to. It's a lot, I, lot more open too. Yes, I did yeah. a hands-on preview at uh, PAX Prime when we were there, and. Like, I don't know if it's fair because I think I had abilities that I wasn't supposed to have from the from the period in which I was playing just so yeah. that way, you know, again, and I was for the sake of preview. You want to uh, feel overpowered. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, I did feel overpowered, but uh, it was only so that way I can, you know, make heads or tails of what I can do in certain situations. But as far as the parkour element. Yeah, no, I I don't know. In so many. It's so funny, too, because so many people I've heard have like bitched about like the platforming aspect of it or like, you know, the walls. I dude, I jumped against walls like uh, the wall jumping kind of feels like infamous, a first person infamous. It's it's basically like you have this open wall that like you're you're essentially grasping you're you're jumping at contextual points of interaction to then move forward from there i mean there's no real clear definable like this is a flat surfaced wall that i'm i'm basically wall kicking up against and it it feels a bit choppy doing it but like once you kind of get around the the you know the sloppy nuance of it of, of just jumping up at jumping at a wall then it, it kind of works to your advantage. And a lot of people have kind of like, you know, uh, kind of exploited it with Blink. Just doing a Blink teleport. I mean, all the abilities alone. The abilities are fucking crazy stupid. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it takes a template of Bioshock to unimaginable levels that I don't know. I'm curious to see what Infinite does to follow up. Because all we've really seen in terms of uh, Infinite is Murder of Crows. That's all I've seen. I oh, will... And telekinesis that's able to stop fucking bullets, <laughs> like mad I, tank bullets. But just the idea of being like in the sky like that, and just like the 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 platforming from like you know an area to an area using the rails, like that whole thing seems like it's gonna be so much fun. I cannot wait. I'm I'm kind of curious to see if they're gonna introduce like a a teleport element because like I don't know about you, man, but like just blinking alone in the environment is, is pretty legit. But okay. See, in, in my in my playthrough, and what's funny is my playthrough had to get cut short. I like the openness of like how you approach things within Dishonored because I don't know if I it, it's it's that whole mentality of like never fucking pick up a gun in Mirror's Edge, which I agree to some extent. I mean, you kind of miss the point of Mirror's Edge only when we're saturated in a market that offers so many different other fucking ulterior not ulterior. I'm sorry, alternatives that do it better than what Mirror's Edge would do it. It's just fucking there to be there. However. Within Dishonored, the, that that whole like, dude, be able to completely go through a game non-lethally, like that 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 whole pr- premise was really promising to me. However, playing through, I was just compelled to murder everyone. 
And I did it, and I did it so silently and covertly that it made me feel even better. There is one moment in that preview where there is a, and I believe that is a mission that's early onset within the game, to where I had to assassinate a woman. However, I had, I was basically pleaded by a supporter of my campaign towards the the political drama that it takes place within the narrative of that game to please spare her life and sit in prisoner to where she's alive and kept safe until everything will blow over. But I don't know what it is about her and her voice, but the fact that I could just like feed her alcohol and then convince her to go into a bed with me just like kind of fueled like, you know what? I can't risk this woman being alive. I'm just going to have to kill her. You deserve to die. Yeah. And see, and I'm just like, I kind of killed everybody else fucking getting up here. Why am I going to spare mercy on this one? Why risk my campaign? So like, I love, I love that, that open interpretive, uh, that open of interpretation open it if that's not even a word that I open mean, <laughs> it is crazy though that like you know when you do things like that that they all have consequences well maybe not the stealth aspect of it it makes it more difficult to do stealth but if you go in just killing everything and anything in your path there is a consequence to doing that not just like hey you're a bad guy why are you killing everyone but you know it, it, it has real weight to what's going on and i kind of appreciate that i mean it's good that you have the option but it, it's done at a price and i think that's really interesting because in bioshock you don't really get that except for, you know, do you help or hurt the little sisters? And that's really the only well, you option. Got, you no, you did yeah. get that. Yeah. You, you got that consequence of the Bioshock, too. But because there, there are moments there are individuals that, um, you know, they've done things and you can still you can that's choose true. to spare them. Yeah. Spare or slaughter. Yeah. OK, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't feel like it carried the same weight. Because, again, as we mentioned, Bioshock 2, though, novel and a lot of the ideas it does, it does feel it, it it feels unnecessary at moments and doesn't feel like it really adds anything to the universe of Bioshock, but but more or less kind of regurgitates it, mm-hmm. um, or at least does things that you know you could have wished you could have done with the original. But speaking, you know, not not necessary retreading too far into the past. Yeah, no, Dishonored does some pretty insane things, and Arcane Studios is planning to release three full fledged campaign DLC. scenarios DLC. Like I'm I'm pretty stoked to see what that is. I I unfortunately have it sitting on my shelf. I haven't been able to touch it because uh, I'm not reviewing it. So I, I've been focusing on review games. But I did play games. Backburner. Funny enough, though, I did play a lot of games for fun. I don't know how I played a lot of I don't games. know how you do that either. Jesus Christ. Yeah, working. Are you sure my... you didn't review them? <laughs> no, I just fucking asshole. But no. Um, they all just, have they all just blurred together where you don't remember? <laughs> kind of. I don't even... uh, isn't yeah, isn't that just the true. podcast? <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, that pretty just much. Podcast? It kind of—it's all just a tangled mess at the end of it, anyways. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. Is that, I mean, well, okay. With Dishonored, though, there is one moment that I—I I really can't wrap my head around. I don't know if it gets better. Um, the in like I think it's really hard to be stealthy around them just from the manner of which they do it, especially when like that game gives you a lot of different stuff to interact to where you want to like focus. Um, you know, ever since Bioshock's introduced audio logs, every every game of, of this uh, magnitude in terms of staying relevant to being epic and substantial towards, you know, the exposition of its story. Oh, we got to We got to do audio logs of some kind, or at least we got to do some sort of tablets or whatnot. And that's what they do. They do tablets that read off basically how the world came to be like this dystopian fucking totalitarian society that you're trying to overthrow and how you're once a part of and you, and you get some backstory to it and I, I feel like the game 
tries to take its story so seriously and it's not actually delivered all that well. Am I the only one that feels that way? Like, I, I think in, in terms of, like, the, the framework of the scenarios, like I mentioned, there there's this woman who may or may not be dangerous towards my personal campaign of climbing back into power and overthrowing said, uh, said antagonist of totalitarian uh, fucking complications. But I don't know. The story wasn't really driving me. It was the mechanics and just, like, the freedom of what I was exactly able to do as a, as a player that it, it kept me going. And I felt like the game just took itself too seriously. And, I, and like, it's funny because a lot of people kind of disagree with me. I don't feel like that story is as well written or as well done uh, no. as contemporaries. Like, I, I agree with that. I think it, it, it just doesn't seem that important. You know, like you're when you're playing through it, you're interested with the powers, the abilities. And, you know, ultimately, I think you're more interested in Corvo. You know, what's going on with him, even though he's a character that doesn't really speak or doesn't really do anything you're more interested in him and his abilities and how he's kind of learning about this, this new power that he has other than the actual story. It just, yeah, and, and that bugs me too, because the whole yeah. premise of the game is like how he was betrayed and how he's getting revenge. And he's like, he's, I wouldn't even, I don't know if like giving him too much credit to be calling him a cipher. Yeah. I don't know if that'd be giving him. No, too much credit. I, I, th- I think he is because he's just being pulled by different people. Well, you know, no, he's just, he, he is he, definitely a cipher, but I feel like he's yeah. even lower than that. Like, I don't feel like I can, I can, I don't even have any outlet to to infuse personality into him. Like, no, there's not. There's, there's not whatsoever. Not, yeah. So, yeah. like, I think the only personality I can really infuse into him is just like his decisions. And, yeah, because at least at least like in Bioshock, like when you when you had that character, you know, you didn't speak, but you still felt like there was a personality to him. And especially when when moments happen in that game where you're kind of betrayed and you kind of realize what's happening and you know the real story, like you feel that and you feel that he's like you know he's angry, he's upset, and I you just don't get that with Corvo. He's just there, there's no. It's kind of weird to say that you feel emotion from a first person you know perspective, but you did in Bioshock. Yeah. And all the and all the best games that tell good stories in a first person perspective do that. And Dishonored, you just don't get that at all. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, at least from what I've seen so far, I haven't played through a lot of it, but well, I feel so like far. in Bioshock, they they kind of like you know they they made like the existence of Jack relevant to, to even the backstory. They like incorporated some some sort of going on, especially within the big hitch of that game when you when you when you reach that that turning point within the game mm-hmm. that really fleshes out his character, you know, and what he is again. It's never done directly from his perspective, but the environment and the characters around him. And I think like that that was uh, something that was attempted with Corvo, but not so well done. Do you, do you think maybe that's why it doesn't succeed in that sense? Because the environment and the thing around Corvo doesn't really help in uh, you no, know, telling it, it, that story? It, it's like a sandbox instead. It's like, you know, I have this giant playground that I can, you know, fuck around with. And of course, I have my... And it doesn't body. really tell a story like it should exactly it's just yeah. it's more or less it's a setting that that takes place for you to you know execute your arsenal of abilities which mm-hmm. again i don't mind i i definitely like mechanically like that game does things and invigorates like new life into like modern games especially recently this year that i and like this is this is one of the few new ips we have this year yeah, absolutely, and, and 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 they. I think good point. for the sake of gaming, they need to succeed because we need new ideas and new perspectives. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's still a good game. I think it's been well received. So, I mean, 
and I almost feel like it's unfair for us to compare it to Bioshock. That you know, I I, I know they kind of market it as that, but I still think it's kind of unfair to have to compare it to that. But it's just. I don't know. It's just how we do things with gaming nowadays. You always have to compare it to the thing that was successful beforehand. So well, it definitely does new things that like I appreciate more and identify it with it more than I ever like would even making a, a stark comparison to something like Bioshock. But there are there are moments where you you obviously see like I wouldn't say some liberal influence, but there there's some there's some sort of reverence that they're that they're basically taking off of i mean games now like i don't i don't want to say we've reached a point especially not within other mediums like (coughs) movies that bounce (laughs) off of each other and Mm -hmm. and sort of retread the same ground but games are are able to do that and i mean uncharted couldn't have happened without gears of war gears of war couldn't have happened without resident evil 4 i mean i'd like to think that games can significantly bounce off of each other and still introduce new ideas or uh, refinements to old ideas and i think you know dishonor does that in some aspects where bioshock couldn't but you know be fair again bioshock is a now four-year-old game uh almost four-year-old four years old i believe and like actually maybe more wasn't it in 2007 uh, i don't know it's uh, maybe no i think it's 2008 okay and we started in 2009 so yeah it's a five-year-old game is we've been doing the show we're we're moving through our fourth year right now. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so Crazy. but anyway, um but yeah, I mean I just feel like games within a sense they, they just need to bounce off of each other. So mm-hmm. I I feel like what Dishonored does in terms of refining uh older ideas, yeah, it does it well, but I feel like where it it puts the most conviction in, it doesn't deliver. I'm not saying it puts the most conviction in its narrative, but it puts a substantial amount of conviction into, you know what I mean? Like, like imagine somebody riding a unicycle on a flat tire. Really hard. Really <laughs> fucking hard. And that that's what the narrative of Dishonored feels like. And they're yeah. fucking, they're super riding hard, that unicycle. Like, that unicycle's getting some fucking bitch and tread, but it's not really, because it's a, no. it's a flat-ass tube. So... But still, very, very good uh, first, you know, first game and maybe a series. I mean, I haven't played through and beaten it, so we'll have to see how it ends. But I'd love to see more for those guys because, honestly, up until this point, I didn't really know their body of work. I know they've done other games before, but I've never. Yeah, and they, they've done, like, really weird, obscure, like, with their uh, their backlog of works are have, are very weird uh, in comparison to what Dishonored is. Like, they, yeah. you, as far as moving on from, like, I, I don't want. Oh, like they did Might and Magic. They did some sort of dungeon crawler. Hmm. I believe. I don't know. We'll we'll have to look up Arcane Studios. I don't remember, but it is it was definitely strange to see what their past work was before. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, no, I had a pleasure previewing that at PAX. I bought it, did not touch it. <laughs> um Of course. Of course. Backlog yeah. backlog, it's fine. Just backlog it. Um But yeah, no, it will it will be played hopefully by year's end. There you go. You'll have to for game of the year discussions, I'm sure. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. God, we gotta do that, man. That's gonna suck this well, year. Well, we're doing that. We're doing that a lot. A little later. Oh, okay. So we're we're doing that differently, and we're doing that a little later. But I'll explain that during the select feedback because that's generally when we announce stuff like that. Sweet. I know, right? That's good. All right. Sarah or George, talk about some other games. 
Sarah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go last, man, because I've fucking right. <laughs> okay. I have so many to talk about. Well, do you want me to go now? <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll get it out of the way because I really haven't been doing too much myself either. Oh no! So yeah, it's true. You probably have been, but it's been secrets. No, no, not even that. I haven't just I uh, haven't had any time because I've been working forever. But at least my paycheck was good. At least there's that. Anyway, um, just like me, man. Just oh, hey, wait. There was a game that you played. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, it it was. It was a game called "You're Not Gonna Tell Me When the New Album's Coming Out." (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good game. I've had a lot of fun playing that one. Uh, It's expected for release quarter one of 2013. TBA. Monster. It'll it'll be out by December. Good, because I got Christmas shopping to do. You know this. (laughs) All right. Well, and it's cool too because like. I really want to get Magical Chase, and I know I'll be able to get Magical Chase once these albums drop. So there's that. But uh, more to the point, what have I had in my console? Well, a few different things. I've been playing a lot of Angry Birds. Just like straight up OG Angry Birds. Yeah, I, I was about to say, are you playing Angry Birds on Trilogy or? Nah, no, no, like OG iPhone Angry Birds. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. have you Have you played Space yet? I haven't, and I'm probably going to pick it up, but I'll tell you what I did buy. I got Bad Piggies. Oh, Bad Piggies is good. I Fucking only played awesome. a little bit of it. But please, if you've played more into it, please talk to me about it. I haven't played much. Uh, I think I've played like seven stages. Yeah, it's I played one. It's, <laughs> so. it's so fun, like just, you know, devising clever ways to get your, your piggy further. Because what it is, like, it's not quite like Angry Birds. you got to actually build a vehicle for this pig to go into. It's, and you it's, have to collect pieces to a map. It's and, Banjo-Kazooie, uh, Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts meets yeah, fucking 2D. Angry Birds. Yeah, 2D, yeah, basically nuts and bolts. So it's it's pretty cool. I'm enjoying and, I'm enjoying that. Do you know what inspired uh, that, actually? Rovio, no. like, they talk about fucking Kerbal Space Program. Really? Yeah, but, like, of course, like, if... if like, if you want, like, a baby Kerbal Space Program, like, fucking Kerbal Space Program made for babies. Um, Bad Piggies. Way to go. There you go. Uh, what else? I got a bunch of stuff in the mail. I, uh, popped in Pac-Land for the PC Engine. And, uh, it's just like I remember it. So, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, I got that Dorymon game that, uh, Crater Maze was based off of. And, interestingly enough... They actually did change the uh, the soundtrack substantially between the two games, but the core gameplay is still the same. Doraemon doesn't have a rocket pack though; he's got a little propeller in his head. So that makes that. sense. You know, <laughs> yeah, he puts that away when he's done. Exactly, but I mean, basically, it's it's exactly the same game, and you know, the soundtrack might be different, but it's still really good. And uh, let's see, what else did I get there? Something for Bullet Heaven. That's a surprise. And Legend of Valkyrie for PC Engine, which is a Hugh card game. And uh, this, the first stage's music is actually where the second half of the Taiko March in Taiko Drum Master came from. So I was pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, aside from that, though... Oh, Persona 4 Arena. I played through the entire story mode of that. Well, okay, so talk to me about that, because I want to know and how, like, and how, how much long of a... was it. Yeah, how long of a drag was that? It was too fucking long. Let's put it that way. I couldn't tell you exactly the amount of time, but I was sick of it by the end. Really? It doesn't? Okay, so is the story... However, 
if you if you really want the story, just play arcade mode because it's played out much faster, and you get around pretty much every time you press the button, which is fantastic. So, and that's where it starts to get awesome is uh, the actual two round bouts. Really, oh, with the man. abridged story, it makes me wonder why they even, they even bothered with the full on story mode. Because like, they wanted okay, they pretty much talked about, and we've all mentioned it before. But like it's story retarded. modes and games are worthless. Yeah, but they went yeah. overboard with it though. Way too like they should have added an event. Like we talked about this last time, they really should have added like an exploration aspect to it. Like move around an area and then trigger the fight somehow. Because at least you believe- feel more engaged, right? Yeah, like it, they kind of have like this visual novel approach to like all the narrative that could go on forever. And you can't even really interact with it. You're just simply pushing a button to move it on. Exactly. And, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's not, it, but even like, I mean, fully soaking in, as in if you read word for word, and you're, I wouldn't say you're a speed reader, but you can read over 20 words within seconds. Like, you know, you're just fucking reading along, absorbing everything. Even if you're efficient at trying to absorb that information, like, it could still there for like 20 hours. 20 fucking minutes to 30 minutes in between fights. That's yep. That it's that much. is too much for a, Especially, a oh, frenetic fighting game. I don't want to spoil anything, but fuck you. Um I guess story is such bullshit. Because for real. Muting now. Uh the the introductory the introductory uh part to her story is easily an hour. It's just text after text after text. Yeah. And it's all all this fucking bullshit could have been done in a video sequence. Much better. Yeah, so. I and see, I, you know, I, it's just a common complaint. But like the game game, the content of it, though, is good. Like at first I thought it was it's fairly decent. derivative. I, I thought simple, it was. It, yeah, I felt it was like really derivative of Guilty Gear. But yeah, it is. It it's is. not it's just, it, 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 it does. It, it's. It does enough to like substantiate itself. Yeah, there are some advanced things, but I mean, overall, it's it's like, definitely it's no Blaze Blue. That's yeah. I was about to say, like, remember when we were really excited about Blaze Blue and we're like, man, I just hope it's not like you know doesn't feel like fucking Guilty Gears and like Blaze Blue didn't, and it was actually it became its own thing and it became you know what I mean. But then now that, but anyway, those those same fears that we had all those years ago kind of came. Yeah. To life with back with a vengeance, yeah. Arena, uh, but uh, I mean, playing it, it really, really makes me want to play Persona Four Golden. So I'm pretty much buying a PS uh, PS Vita just to play Persona Four Golden. Oh, oh, a lot of people are doing that, that I know. And, yeah, and, that's and well worth it. Well worth it. So see, like <laughs> I'm playing, yeah. I'm playing through PS2 version. Like I was until you know we got like this onset of games, but now I'm just like I should just stop what I'm doing because like I'm getting a PS Vita on fucking Tuesday because I'm getting the uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation uh, bundle and yeah no um I'm probably gonna have to do that too but you should I mean well I mean I know they add a lot of content but just to have that on the go is just such a good opportunity I mean it doesn't matter if you'll play it more on the PS2 or on the Vita just having that game on the go and being you know, because the thing that sucks about Persona 3 on PSP is it just didn't feel as fully fleshed out on PSP than what it did on PS2. And I was kind of always irked by that. Yeah, but a little bit, yeah. The the Vita version of Persona 4, it's just, it's it's spot on. They're like they're not taking anything away from it. If anything, they're adding more and making it better. And it looks and, really good, too. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like, you know, like anytime you take a game and, and kind of, you know, put it to a so portable. So they, they're remastering like it, they're not something. just porting it? 
No, they're, they're uh, completely remastering it. Yeah. yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, it absolutely. Is, yeah. Oh god! All right, I'm so I mean, excited, so excited to play it because I just, really just, like what I played at Persona Four so far. Like I just to kind of reiterate, of course, we had that. Remember when we did the game and some games of the decade? Remember that? Yeah, yeah I, I don't remember yeah. if we picked three or four. No, it was Persona Four for the game of the decade. Yeah, no, I I I love four. I can't it's, stand three. Basically, yeah, three was. I, I thought three was really good when I first played it, and I was wondering if four could ever top it. Mm-hmm. And man, was I ever fucking wrong! Like. Four was the very best I, thing of all time. It is. Can you, can four, you go four, back four is the better game. Playing four. Let me ask you guys that. Have you guys what? ever tried going back to three after playing four? Like, I, I didn't even like three to begin with. If if anything, I have, and I still feel like I enjoy three more just in playing it. But I think four is the better designed game. I it just is, yeah. something about three is. I mean, I like the idea of the evokers. I like the characters. I mean, I think that the characters are interesting and they're fun in four. From what I've played of it so far. But I loved the characters in three. Absolutely loved them, and and that's why I was so excited about Arena because you got to see some of those characters again. And I, yeah. I still need to play it just to get the story. But you know, like I said, I want to beat three. I want to beat four before I can actually play Arena and beat it for the story. Because I mean, Sarah, now that you've beaten it, you, would you say that it definitely continues the story and it's something that has to be? I mean, even for people that don't like fighting games, <laughs> you they want to know still what play it is just to get the story. Are here's, we putting a spoiler the, tag here? Um, yeah, we better put a spoiler tag here. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and mute then because I don't want it spoiled. But you go ahead. All right. Spoilers ahead. The way it feels to me is uh, it, it almost feels as if, okay, Persona 3 happened and then Persona 4 happened a few years down the line. And now that Persona 4 Arena has happened and tied Persona 3 and Persona 4 together, it almost feels as if as if the two series or the two uh, the two games are going to combine for Persona 5. That's what it feels like. Well, I don't I don't know if I can really say that that's a spoiler tag like because you didn't really give any specific details, but you kind of get that feeling from the onset of the game. But I guess I don't know. No, no, but that's just the thing. Like, does it, does it obviously clue that? No, to you? It, in Persona Four Arena, the the uh, the story sequence ends with the uh, with the main character, right? In this case, his name is Yu Narukami, right? Mm-hmm. With you saying that they are going to directly disobey the Kurijo group and then go to the city to find out the true culprit behind everything that happened. And that's where it ends with every path. And there's no more to it than that. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, but, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, one of us should let Andrew know it's safe to turn his mic back on now. <laughs> okay. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. All right, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, See, and that's the thing, like, I'm going to put a spoiler tag there because I just don't know the weight of what exactly I've heard because, like, I I, I had to be the brave one, you know, for editing. Yeah, but I just, I, yeah, he makes points, but I I think I'd rather do the abridged version. I I thought arcade was just round after round. Like, I thought that's what it did. The fact that they tried to abridge a story arcade makes me feel like, why? yeah, yeah, I don't even know why the fuck there's a story mode then. (laughs) <laughs> That's like, exactly what I said. I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
Why did I waste all that time with story mode? Is basically what I said. Well, still, hopefully, I'd like to see what in, in like there's gonna be Persona Four Arena Golden, right? Or is what? it just no? No, what, there's no. The yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. But that'd be cool. I'd play it. So Persona Four Golden is just the remastered version of Persona Four for Vita, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought they were gonna do like a arena version. Well. I am looking forward to it, and I guess I'm going to have to fucking get it on Vita. If you have a Vita, you have to own it. There's no exceptions, no... Yeah, I, I, no don't, I, yeah, I don't think we're really left much choice in terms of software at this point. How mm. do you feel about the special edition that's coming out? Of what? Of Persona 4 Golden. I missed out on it, and honestly, I would have liked to have it, but I'm not heartbroken that I don't. I'm still excited that I get some really cool wallpapers for my Vita, but honestly, when you get a Vita, George, you especially, and, and Sayer, if you get a Vita, NeoGAF has an amazing forum thread on like wallpapers and and uh, like kind of like themes almost you can get on your Vita, and that's a cool thing about having that as a portable gaming system. It's really customizable. You can put wallpapers in there and different cover photos, and I'm a sucker for that shit. I know it's dumb, but I, I'm really excited about that kind of stuff. Like I got my Vita. The first like two hours I spent just trying to like personalize the backgrounds and do all that kind of shit. It's cool. I'll have to send you a link to the forum thread, but it's it's pretty awesome. But if, 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 yeah, fun fact. But if you reserved Persona Four, you got like wallpapers and like some kind of skin or decal for the system. Which I'm usually against those kind of things, like putting decals and dumb shit on your system. But it's Persona, so yeah. Well, the uh, the the solid gold collection also comes with a case. Yeah, and mm-hmm. some sort of like cover for it, but. And stickers and junk, right? But I don't know. The content seems a little flimsy for sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and that's why I was. And I've really got I've got it pre ordered right now, and I'm wondering if I should switch it to the regular edition because am I really going to use that shit? Really? You can send it to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, uh, I, I was gonna. I, I'm, it's understandable, but the one limited edition of anything you have to get is the Bioshock Infinite limited edition. Yes. Holy well, too late. Shit. It's already sold out. Oh, up there it is. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get close oh, then. I, I I better reserve mine quick then. I'll have to do the same. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: I was trying to include that. I you know probably be helpful. I don't think I've ever thought about just throwing it out there on the show before. Um, I've designed because there's ways where you can actually design a a theme that can be downloaded for your PS3 or PSP uh, or I'm, I'm assuming Vita. I'll have to look into it again. But I designed a PPR theme that i was going to include as a free download within the store that you could just download like it was going to basically have all of our logos and imagery and like just graphics of us that from stuff that like uh our commissioned artists have done as far as renditions of us but i kind of scrapped it but yeah now you guys are talking about i I felt like just doing something solely for a the ps3 would speaking of being objective you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like weighed the morals involved with it, but you'll, you'll have to let me know. Do you have any of that stuff laying around? Because I'd love to have some of that stuff. Yeah, I I still have it like archived in my computer. I'll have to get cool. around to it when like we're all less. Yes, yeah, send to me, please. Thank you. Yes. I don't know. When I had my PSP, uh, when I was using my PSP, I just took a macro photo of the face buttons of that exact PSP and used that as a wallpaper. Wow, so meta. <laughs> it's quite meta. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I think that's pretty much all I've been playing. Uh, just, you know, I got a lot of stuff in the mail yet again, but uh, it basically completes everything that, well, just about it. I just need that new controller, but uh, 
Yeah, basically everything I need for my big production next year for Bullet Heaven is uh, is ready to go. Nice. I'll mix it up. I'll mix it up. I've been talking. Let me talk about some funsy stuff. So Super Crate Box. Super Crate Box is amazing. If it's not on your Steam library and it's not in your mobile, I don't even know if it's on Android. If it's not on Android, throw away your Android phone and then go buy an iPhone. Just yeah, for Super Crate already, Box. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, Super Crate Box is amazing for the fact that it it is. I have never played something so frenetically addicting to like just the tune of a simple arcade action game that just keeps me coming back, even how regardless of how punishing it gets. And just like the way it slowly like, you know, trickles out like new bonus levels and bonus characters and the way it handles things essentially uh, like for example, the very first episode is a is a you know somewhat subtle love letter to Donkey Kong. You you're in a construction yard. There's a lot of red girders. There are enemies that flow from the top, and they basically walk within a a serpentine pattern down towards the bottom. If they get to the bottom without you killing them, they'll fall into a fire pit that'll make them reappear back from the top again, except crazy fucking angry and out to kill you. So very reminiscent of the original Mario Brothers. You are essentially <laughs> running around collecting crates. And every crate that you collect gives you a new weapon. All your weapons, for the most part, uh, other than two items, are fucking guns. They're <laughs> dual pistols, revolver, shotgun, machine gun, rail gun. Uh, you get a katana that's pretty sweet. You get a um, mines. I think the worst gun still to this day. I think I, I don't think I'm the only one that it feels this way. It's the disc gun. Because you shoot discs at this high velocity that will fucking slice through enemies, but it bounces off your stage's walls. So if you do it, basically, like, don't ever shoot it next to a wall, or that disc will just come back and kill you. Um, so a, a lot of fucking amazing shit uh, is just basically going on as you're basically trying to collect as many crates as you can to stay alive. That's it. That's the game. However, it just... The manner in which it, it does it like it treats itself and, you know, how self-aware it is. I, I cannot stress enough just how easy it is to play and how difficult it is to keep on doing and the drive behind it. You're just collecting crates, but it's so well done. But I, I have to say this, that the iOS version is the the genesis of this game. However, the Steam version is definitely the best one, especially with the, the tactile nature of a controller. Like, Vlambeer, the uh, independent dudes behind it, fucking totally refined this for the interface of a controller, and it it is sharp. It's sharp. It plays incredibly well. And I think it's free on Steam right now. I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if I, I, I may have picked it up. I, don't, I, I remember picking it up for free on Steam, but... Seems like a weird thing to give out for free, but I don't know. I should check out Steam. Aww. Yeah, I, I would I would check that out on your. I mean, I'll I'll check that out in the background on my phone real quick. But yeah, no, Super Crate Box, dude, like hands down. I think it's only two dollars. Uh, funny enough, it was uh offered for free recently on iOS, and I made it my mission to let everyone know that they had to get mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's free to play on Steam, so there you go. Yeah, no, it's free to yeah, dude, fucking get it. And then buy it on if you have an iPhone, it's two dollars. Buy it on iPhone. Like for the touch controls, they're pretty sharp. Like they're not League of Evil sharp. Uh, that much I will say. Like there's there's a bit of uh not floatiness, but 
there there's a bit of mistranslation between um uh for example the the pressure sensitivity of uh arcing the height of a jump based on like a a fucking tap how well how long you hold a tap that that kind of bugs out at times especially in in something as frenetic as super crate box to where like each jump really counts when you're trying to avoid an onslaught of enemies and make sure you kill them before they reach the fire pit as to where they do not make your lives even worse of a fucking hell than it can be. Uh, the, it's really sharp still. Definitely get it. Super crate box. And it's free to play. Uh, and I, all my Steam friends better have this goddamn game. Uh, immediately. That is the end of the discussion. So. I will gift with, it to everyone at Christmas. Yeah, I'll fucking gift it to you right now. <laughs> Both well, free. I just bought it. You just get it. Yeah, no, it's All free. amazing. It's, you got an iPhone 4, so you, like that retina display. It's also got an, an amazing chiptune soundtrack. Like, I was, again, Sick. pleasantly surprised with its soundtrack. It's very well. Like, the Construction Yard soundtrack is, uh, it's definitely very 16-bit. Like, it, it, like, the synth and, like, the synth and the composition about it. Like, I don't know, man. I've been coming across some, like, amazing soundtracks. Speaking of amazing soundtracks, uh, I also played Gunlord. We streamed it last night, me and Andrew. Uh, so for those of you who joined us on the stream, that was awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, it was good times and some really good questions and conversations. And you almost beat it. Like you were damn close. Yeah, fuck, fuck that game. Did you, did, you, did, you, did you ever beat the boss? I did, actually. Nice, nice, good. Yeah, good, good. I, because you kind of made me feel like shit when you said you can't write the review until you beat it. <laughs> well, this is the same person I said that I was going to do that for Spelunky. And we know how that turned out. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, hey, uh, um, what's that word? <laughs> oh, not I, a good I, person. I, I never said I wasn't hypocritical. I never said that. Oh man, but you will take free shin. Send your free stuff to him. Give me Andrew. it. Give me all your stuff. You got you got a game you want to promote. Give it to me. I won't review it, but give me it anyways. Please. Give it to his Dorito encrusted fucking dusted fingertips. <laughs> give it to. I will him be now. chugging Mountain Dew like a motherfucker playing your game that you gave me for free. A, oh wait, at a hand shoe. Just do it. Oh my God, right give me everything. Seriously, give me all your free stuff. Hashtag free. Uh, hashtag Andrew. Hashtag, hashtag now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. I'll get a lot of spam. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, in real talk, we got to reel it back. No, don't do that. Um, yeah, real talk. I'm just joking. JK. Uh, LOL. BRB. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gunlord was pretty legit. I have a review up uh, actually very shortly before we started recording. So a lot of my thoughts are there. Uh, definitely worth it. I I also uh, purchased because of Gunlord because I had to get it. I I went and purchased Last Hope Pink Bullets. So nice. I still can't believe that's the title of that. It's <laughs> a fucking title of it. Last love, Hope love it. Pink Bullets. Um, and then uh, I also found Fast Striker on eBay sealed. So I'm gonna go, go ahead and I'm I'm still watching that. Um. I played Fable the Journey. Uh, I also played that for review. And that was the final nail towards any... Just, I don't know, any... I mean, there's a word that like my, my poor scattered brain is, is searching for. Uh, towards any uh, projected potential that I would assume that Kinect is capable of at this time. Um... I mean, I, I don't know. I understand that Peter Molyneux misunderstands a lot of what it what it is to say words and, you know, understand what what it means when you say them. 
<laughs> like anytime you say things, uh, there's a meaning behind what you say. So please say them to uh, coincide with the meaning that's in, that's projected out toward the people that are fucking listening to your nonsense. But that game is very much uh, an on rails game. It is super on rails. It is the most obnoxious on rails game I, I think I've played in some years. And like I've played House of the Dead like four recently. I didn't review it, though. That was Iodine. Um Fuck, what was another on-rails game that I played? Oh, oh, it was, it was a weird one. It's probably not worth mentioning. It's that Japanese one done by Artoon. Fuck, I have to get up and look at it now. None of this matters, though. Going back to Fable. <laughs> Going back to Fable. Um, Fable has a lot of potential. It Fable kind of echoes every everything I have to say about the Kinect in a nutshell. When it works, it's really satisfying. It's awesome. It you know, it's it's something that that's nice as an alternative. I wouldn't say a the future fucking direction of games, not by a goddamn long shot. But I will say it's a nice alternative. And then when it doesn't work, I just stare at why I even bother. I I, I don't understand. Just if you could only imagine how many times I have recalibrated my connect in so many points, because the game is essentially an on rail shooter that's you know littered with narrative exposition and it takes oh, a lot even of... though they ardently said the the contrary of course no as them. i mentioned i don't think peter Molyneux understands words when they come out of his mouth i think he just says obviously it. yeah um but you know and, and not to any slight of the man because i i really enjoy the spirit of peter uh peter Molyneux and what he like wishes to accomplish with games but i don't think that lionhead went into developing the journey with you know the like they came in with certain expectations that the hardware or their understanding of the hardware of what they wanted to do simply couldn't output because like the only i think the most ambitious game still this day that i've ever played on connect and it's not a very good one again not a good one but i i appreciate it so much for the novelty alone and what it tries to do is rise of nightmare Rise of Nightmare is the only Kinect game that actually made me feel like my whole body is a controller, not just some sort of platform to fucking make things happen when I could easily do much more with a controller. You need to play uh, Crimson Dragon then. Crimson Dragon, yeah. Like I think my favorite Kinect game is at this point, because now I think we've literally reached the peak of of any uh, relevance that Kinect may have within the market coming up, especially yeah. with other... Because uh, this was the one last big release. I think this was like the... I wouldn't say the swan song, but definitely the the one of the more invested releases for Connect in this game. My God, it just there are so many times where there's no on-screen reticle. There's nothing representing anything of where you're determining. There's no aliasing of an aim, no reticle, nothing. So I especially the fact that you have two hands that represent two completely different abilities. One, the left hand being the push and knockback and force ability that you've seen in prior uh, Fable games, and the right hand being the projectile one. Uh, if you have to shoot anything to your far left, good luck. Good <laughs> fucking luck. Because nine times out of ten, it's wildly going to go in the other direction. Uh, and, and then when you do, like they, they try to work around this, I could tell. I can totally tell that they try to work around this with the aftershock ability, which literally allows you like if you do a certain gesture after shooting the projectile in an alternate motion, 
you can use it to like pretty much homing direct the shot that you just finished, you know, projectiling. However, the 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 response time that they demand is I, I don't know if it's even human. Because I don't know how many times I was able to successfully do it outside of the tutorial, which babyfied it for me. And, like, the sheer purpose of it is just to, like, get enemies behind cover. But, again, there's a lot of times that you're you're put into this uh, set piece to where uh, when, when you're shooting, when you're encountering an enemy mob, that you can just lean your body to the left or right. And then you can get a different perspective that you don't even have to worry about aftershock but aftershock i feel like was their attempt at trying to work at that shortcoming and it it was even worse so yeah like there there are a lot of puzzles that involve you moving things and pulling things and there's a string there's an ethereal string that's attached with your your push and grab that that clings on to things uh that also wildly attaches to things that you you did not intend to attach to so Ugh. nine times out of ten, you're you're standing. You're well. You're not standing. You're sitting there trying to make things happen in your favor, and it doesn't. And then there are times you you get up and you check to make sure that you are not doing anything wrong by Connect standards. And the funny thing is, it's not a matter of distance. Connect. This game made me play it closer. It was very weird. I was actually too far away in like my normal Connect settings because again, I have a lot of like. I have Gunstringer, Fruit Ninja, Child of Eden, uh, Dance Central. A lot of games that demand distance and space. Uh, this one is more claustrophobic. It, it's it's in the manner of Steel Battalion. And if I can only huh. give you a tagline, it works. Well, Steel Battalion. Little, right? Yeah, exactly. It works a little <laughs> bit better than Steel Battalion. <laughs> that that it, it's not Wah. me being dramatic. That's me word for word. Like I think the worst part there's um. I mean, there's like there's a lot of novel things like cleaning your horse. It, it's fun. It, it was actually engrossing. Riding the horse. Riding the horse is the best part. Ri- riding horse and buggy. Coach horse. That's the most. It's responsive and it worked every time. However, it goes on for far too long, and your arms are are burning and throbbing at some points just because it goes on for far too long. And there's only so much of it you can do. There's only so much of steering to the left and right slowing down and doing things that you can do and like there are optional paths that you can branch off of and stop but that's it like the narrative is half-assed there's all all the novel charms of fable are completely missing from this game and it it fucking barely works like to the point where i'm cleaning my horse i where you can use both hands to like scrub down the horse however putting down your hands will stop the cleaning sequence I came out of that cleaning sequence nine times before I realized that if I just hold one arm up, like I'm raising my hand in elementary school asking a question to the teacher, if I hold one arm up the entire time and use the other one dedicated to cleaning, I will not be taken out of the cleaning uh, action <laughs> of, of the horse. Yeah, and like it's it's a bit suggestive at times because somebody thought I was making an offensive gesture back into American history in, in terms of a certain world war. And I'm just like, no, this is just how I'm making the game fucking work. (laughs) So, um, yeah, there's that. Uh, So I have a review up on the site. Don't don't play play it. Don't don't even download the demo. It it happened and it's done. It's out of our lives. Uh, Pokemon Type Wild. I won't touch on that too much, but it's independent. I think I mentioned it before. I finally got around to downloading it. Speaking of fighting games, that is fucking an awesome fighting game. It, like, oh, man, I really hope Nintendo doesn't throw a cease and desist, but instead, like, fucking throws money at those people. 
mm-hmm. and like gets that to be a real thing. And they update it like they just recently updated it to where it has Swalot, which, you know, third generation Pokemon, you know, people don't give too much of a shit about. But no, it it, it was really legit playing it. It was sharp. Uh, it's on the PC. So like it, it in, but it's fully controlled. Like, I think that's the most open game in terms of like control options. But like, yeah, it, it had it had a very it plays like an, an SNK fighter, like an SNK ass awesome. fighter. Like I'm I'm talking like Fatal Fury, uh, an art of fighting, like not not more of the modernization of current SNK offerings like King of Fighters or uh, Last Blade. Speaking of King of Fighters, if you have PlayStation Plus, which uh, Andrew hooked me up with a month of PlayStation Plus and I appreciate that. And you know what? Awesome. Sold it to me. I'm going to buy PlayStation Plus. It's really worth it. I mean, uh, even just as an optional service, for the amount that you pay, even if you don't get to keep the games after Plus is expired, it still gives you so many games just to download and play. It, it's worth it. I mean, like people pay, what, 15 to 20 bucks a month for Gamefly. It's kind of the same concept. You don't get to keep those games. You just play them. It's, it's well worth it. And you get access to betas. You get you discounts. Know, Sony, please send me all money and all games. But... Yeah, it's a great service. Man, I love my PlayStation but Plus. But only, only if it's yeah. in a Dorito bag, though. That's the only way Andrew <laughs> will accept and, it. And, and just soaking wet with Mountain Dew. But I want it to be Gamer Fuel, which is Halo 4 Gamer Fuel, so that way it's like the most crazy thing ever. You, we gotta stay up, cool. man. We gotta stay up, and we gotta fucking throw away our lives for these games. So Also what, throw what, Gamer what, Grub in there as well. But nothing more than your... your <laughs> oh, we want your cheese trash and your fizzy nonsense. So fucking toss it at us. Anyway, no, but uh, I bought the House of the Dead bundle, which is normally like forty bucks. I got it for like fifteen. Like the that alone, that that paid for PlayStation Plus. And like I'm, I really liked Overkill on the Wii. However, you know, is on the Wii. I'm again no slight towards the Wii, and I still advocate the Wii, though much, much, much less than I did years ago. Um. PlayStation Move is by and far the fucking superior alternative. So I I definitely got to experience that with uh, Dead Space's uh, light gun shooter. So I'm definitely going to enjoy that with the House of the Dead games. And like they're also offering, I don't remember, it's like Halloween DLC for like some other game. I I don't I don't remember. But like, yeah, PlayStation Plus is constantly odd, like constantly updated with stuff and like i was kind of debating whether or not i should get a playstation plus for my japanese account <laughs> but uh huh. yeah i don't know because i recently downloaded ease 4 and it's actually on sale if you're a plus uh, if you're a ps plus member so How but much? i uh will also do it surely for the cloud storage i no longer have to worry about playing i haven't played survivor yet how much was ease 4 uh, Ease four with the the uh, yen conversion and everything, it's like twenty bucks. Nah, I can get it for ten on eBay. Really? Yeah. I actually bought it because like I didn't. If you can tell, shoot me that link. I'd rather play it on my Turbo Duo. To be honest. Oh, show. Yeah, Good shoot shoot guy. some links. And, and hit Japan on eBay is oh. the best place for your uh, hit Japan needs. Still owes yeah. me some fucking games that I ordered uh, three months what? ago. What are you talking about? I am talking about the fact that I ordered a lot of 100 Super Famicom games, and I ordered a lot of 100 Super. Or I'm sorry, Sega Saturn games. Did that in July. It's um, <sighs> it's at the end That's of October. Guess guess where they're at. Surprises me. Actually, I've never had a problem with them in the ten years that I've been going to them. 
Well, I'm about to email them within... I'm giving them two more weeks. Once it's two more weeks, that's officially been four months. Well, if it's been two months, you can launch a, a nope. thing. They, they mentioned that you can only launch a thing if it's been four. Four? Really? Yeah, because they go through surface shipping. Yeah. And surface shipping takes three months. And like, oh, well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I went to the safe route and gave it four. But anyway... Um, uh, it could be USPS too, right? So... Yeah, like I I put um fucking EMS shipping on my my lot of four games right, and fucking Canada Post decided not to deliver it even though it was at the Dartmouth Postal Facility at eight o'clock and they left at nine, so fuck you Canada Post make me waste my fucking money. Politics anyway um, yeah. well let's see what else, so there's two more games I can talk about, um. I finally played Demon Souls. I like it. Wait, it's finally? Finally. Oh, God damn it, you people. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> so I think I've now hit the wall, though, where like I've died too many times and like I've used up items that don't come back. So now <laughs> I think I might have to start over because I've reached a point which I have learned I'm not the only one. I have reached like I got there really easily. And then once I got there, that was my wall. Uh, there is a fucking bridge full of dudes and a dragon that just comes at you. <laughs> what do you do? And then I just oh, like, I'm going to go the other way. And somebody left a note saying, yeah, you shouldn't go this way. if You just barely started the game. And I'm just like, fuck this note. There's a dragon over there. So I go, I just go. And then I came upon a family of dragons in, in the mountain. <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, well, maybe <laughs> I can just sneak bass. Like if I just like fucking hug the wall should be okay no they breathe fire on the wall like that dude just like bent his neck over and says what are you doing and of course my my experience is there so i'm just like i i really like the dude i created but um yeah i'm probably gonna start over and i also heard that i chose an easy class and it's usually the class i i generally choose in those type of games but i chose a magician and yeah no i i enjoyed the fact that like you know I was able to delegate, like, you know, when I'd shoot fire, which the, the fire spells are surprisingly strong. Like, I, I only, you just shoot one and you'll take out an enemy. I, I delegated fire spells. And then, like, um, when I fought with dudes with fire arrows, I had a water shield, took it out. So, like, I appreciate what it is and I can see that there's, there's a lot of stiff nuances. But yeah, that game is hard as shit at moments to where I, like, I have no idea what I'm, like, I, please, somebody enlighten me. What is going on? Well, like, somebody told me, not like uh who's never played it by the way try running oh, well, then past don't that. listen to him Fucking yeah try me. running no he was just watching me play it no oh, okay. and he was just like Still. try try running past that bridge i you don't run all that you don't sprint <laughs> in demon souls and there's a dragon so sir please with being the <laughs> only individual <laughs> who's beaten it what do you do on this fucking bridge the bridge actually comes into play later so I'm supposed to ignore the bridge. Yeah, for now. Where do I, I don't even know. Well, that's game. That's not a game I'm going back to very <laughs> soon. But yeah, no, no. no, you can go to different places, right? Because uh, like as you get stronger, you can open up different areas and stuff, right? But there's like there. I think the game, the, like my the biggest bridge, issue. Okay, the bridge where the drive. Well, first off, you can kill the dragons. All right. Uh, there's different parts where you can meet up with the dragons and, and eventually kill them. Like the blue dragon is. Uh, because the, the castle is actually split up into like four main parts. 
and you have to go to different areas within the Nexus before you can access the later parts. Okay, see, I didn't even know that. See, I think what my biggest issue with Demon Souls, funny enough, and I don't know if I'm the only one, is not the obtuse difficulty or like the stiff mechanics. Those are something that I actually appreciate because I can I can recognize them for what they are. They're they're intentional nuances to uh, basically they're are they're a part of the combat formula. If you if you if you come in there with those expectations, I think that's what it is too. Like I think that's what made me appreciate it more is I had certain expectations just from what I already heard about it. Then yeah, you know it worked out that way. But I think my biggest can like biggest the complaint about it and like this is a complaint i address in several different games and it, it, it may actually ruin the game for me if it gets to be worse is the complete utter lack of direction that that game has like there's this open nature to it that that the game can't afford to be so open about like i need more direction because there's so much dangerous shit going on there's only going to be a so so much where i hit a wall and then i'll end up being like andrew you know baby hey come on now <laughs> I'm not a baby. I'm was, just inexperienced. <laughs> I don't think it's quite as bad as you say. I think there is enough direction for you to get where you need to go. But at the same time, I also had a strategy guide. So oh, fuck off. No, What's you wrong? know. Oh, see. Yeah. Yeah. It came with it. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, OK. Yeah. It was yeah. the collectors, wasn't it? But still it was. Come but I only on, I only really used it for the um, like the uh, the the tendencies, really. That was the big thing. Like for pure white or pure black tendency, yeah. I've been, but I've been like scared because I've been hearing rumblings that they might shut down the server. So like, I want to experience this game. Yeah, that happens. That's that would suck. So that's that's, that's why I randomly like picked it up, and I should have touched it a long time ago. But you know, video games. Yeah, uh, that was a long time. Like I can't remember too many of the specifics, but yeah, it was such a good game though. The last game that I'm going to talk about before we move things along, um. So before we go on, though, there was one time uh, when I first started playing that game and I, f I came across that very same bridge. I went back and I left my own message and it said, beware of fire. <laughs> and apparently other players had, had found that message later down the line. I'm like, yep, that was mine. Yeah, I, I don't know if that one's still there. No, I don't know how I long the messages last. Um, yeah, but not, not that long, but. A lot yeah. of dudes, they, they like they plead for help. Please, I need your help. Recommend this message. And just like you've done nothing to help me with. Like you're you're just peddling. You're but just the, like, oh. uh, you know what that does, right? I have no idea what that does. It revives them. Oh, yeah. So you oh, you can pull like a Final Fantasy 11 and just essentially just wait there to be dead until somebody revives you. No, not quite. You can still go about your business. But if someone upvotes you. You'll get your soul back or something like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, I guess it should be. I've been a dick. Or they, you get you get health or something like that. Something. Yeah, I was about to say I've been. I was a real dick. Then I'm just like, no, you've done nothing to contribute to my campaign. I'm. Yeah, you know, I was the same way. I was just like downvote. <laughs> I didn't downvote. I just walked away. Yeah, but you see, I did. So there's that. Well, Sarah, I don't. I don't kick the peddlers while they're down. Because apparently I'm a jerk. <laughs> apparently. Jesus. Anyway, um, the last game that I, I did want to talk about was Skylanders Giants, which I'm reviewing. Uh, that should be hitting the site uh, around the same time this episode gets uh, published. Holy shit, you guys. Um, there's a lot about this. Okay, so this game, the, my biggest concern with this game before getting into it as far as expectations and somewhat 
my concern came to life, but like not not to the extent which I thought is. And and you know you can I kind of argue this point. Skylanders is essentially just a giant toy, it's just a toy line. Like I felt like it was. It, it was essentially just a platform to sell toys to me in the same manner that my childhood had been, whether it be G.I. Joe, Street Sharks, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I really felt like in the campaign of like a half hour animated cartoon that I cherish so much in like my childhood and go back to, to simply, you know, live in the relevance of the fact that it was simply just a clever way of product push, like product pushing and like fucking name dropping in order to like incite this subliminal marketing strategy uh skylanders is that to an extent but it it overcomes that with being a surprisingly deep game the game isn't as shallow as you would imagine it would be it's Hmm. Re- like I think what it is is the fact that it doesn't have a very good beginning to it because like essentially this game is Baldur's Gate for babies like it's super Baldur's Gate for babies until you buy more Skylanders because then once you get more Skylanders you unlock more and what you have to do and then you have an arsenal of different elements the elemental types then assist each other they strengthen your overall campaign and add more experience they basically unlock perks you're you're getting the more you have the more perks you get and trading off between those perks because everything you do is significant to the nature of uh, basically what you're able to do. Like you can focus on a Skylander in a very like specific manner, which you focus on a Pokemon. You can like I have a team. I I I don't try to intentionally treat this like it's Pokemon, but there are seven elements, and I have a team of Skylanders that I have designated to represent each element that I favor. And like. You don't even need to fully focus on all seven of those like you're unless, you know, you're planning to combat friends. But just like the sheer like deceptive nature of how deep like these guys progress and level up like I I have been able to purchase upgrades and discovered a skill tree. So they have skill trees that they remember. They have their own individual loot uh, amount. So there are times where I'm constantly swapping out. Uh, Skylanders on my portal because I am using one Skylander to uh, essentially capitalize on opportunities of loot, but I want that loot to go to another one. That alone, that's a lot deeper than I expected from this game. And some of the abilities, like, I really felt like uh, there there are certain uh, Skylanders that would play incredibly similar to one another. No, all these motherfuckers play wildly different. Um, the giants mechanic is also pretty cool, but it's not as not, I, I think it's probably going to be a lot more novel to the individuals who've played the original. And then like now they get giants because giants are really cool, uh, in terms of like, they're just, they're, they're incredibly overpowered. And I think what it is, is because they're overpowered, you've, you've generally made this surprisingly deep game more accessible to kids even younger. Like, if you give a kid, like, a giant to play with and you're doing co-op with them, not only can you fucking have the kid do what the giants need to do in certain contextual moments of the game, but you, you're you practically ensuring that you, you don't have to babysit in, in terms of keeping that partner alive. They're wildly strong. Their size alone, like, they're smaller enemies, for example, that could be a nuisance when when collected in giant, or, no pun intended, <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that, larger mobs, <laughs> um... The giants just fucking walk over them. And like there's some really like there are some awesome moments in that game to where like I really enjoyed. I love going back and collecting loot 
I did. I've been doing challenges. Like I have yet to really progress in that game because I'm grinding. I'm I'm finding myself in the familiar trappings of what I would do with Pokemon. Like, and it's blowing my mind because as I'm playing this, like if if Nintendo does this, they'll fucking rule the world. Like, <laughs> I if they even did anything remotely close to this, and like I'm really curious because Skylanders Giants is coming out on Wii U, and I don't know, is it coming out with a portal? Uh, as well, or is, or is it going to use the Wii U gamepad? I mean, if you look at the gamepad, I know no, there's the, a... The uh, gamepad doesn't have RF uh, or near field. Well, no, if you look at the gamepad, they have that little sensor that's right next to the screen. Does anyone know what that actually does? Because it seems like it might be something kind of similar to that, like you put something down on yeah, it and it's, it'll detect it's, it. Like, it's, it. There's nothing tactile in the recognition. It's all signal. Like, I can have my Skylander, like, well, literally and, and, six inches above the portal, and it'll, and it'll activate recognize it. Yeah, if you have, like, a light core, it does that. It starts to light up, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, now, the Wii is just going to... The portal is just USB, though, right? Well, yeah. I. You know, what's funny is uh, when I got sent my copy... Um, I they sent the, you a portal. They got the por- they sent you the portal owners owners pack, didn't they? Yeah, no, we, we were joking around like, "Fuck, I better get a portal." No, I got a wired one, and then um, I went back and I bought Skylander Spyro's uh, Adventure, the original one, because mm-hmm. a I wanted Spyro, <laughs> b uh, and I couldn't find him individual at all, and I heard he doesn't like he comes in the starter pack. It's the only way you can get him. So I and plus I wanted the game, but it also came with a wireless uh, portal that works really well. And it also is much less cumbersome than a wired USB portal, which I've now just put away. So I have an extra portal that I can't do. But they're they're essentially the same thing. If not, the wireless portal actually has more lights and color and uh, sculpture to it. Like it, it's really weird. It's like the comparing a um, a souped out Guitar Hero guitar to a wired USB shitty one that just you know, like a third brand one. I'm surprised they didn't go for the 3DS version then. Uh, I don't know if the 3DS version's portal is like all the portals work. Not with, for the uh, portal, but for Dark Spyro. And that's the thing I was wondering: do are the Skyland mm. like okay? So this is my thing. I think all the Skylanders like, are uh, universal amongst formats. Like I can get yeah. like the 3DS. See, I was thinking about that, and that's 40. But and I have a 3DS. Yeah, but see, and that's that's the that's a different problem. game too. That is the right? problem with Skylanders too. <laughs> I have fucking spent too much money on this shit, and like that's the thing. The game, it it, it can't, it's unavoidable because of the nature of what it is. Like there are times where that game is just a fucking glorified commercial. Like there there's okay, there are tokens that you get called soul tokens. Like this was not in the original that I'm aware of, and this is like my biggest concern with the game because, like I said, you had this. You have this game with like uh, I, I wouldn't say like it, there, there's a stigma attached to it because of the nature of how it instills its prom, uh, products. And I thought like a lot of the things that they've done were pretty tasteful until I came across the soul tokens. So all you do is when you're collecting the soul tokens, other than completion, is you're getting a preview of new Skylanders and you're essentially getting a fucking commercial. Like I got two soul tokens that are completely do- new Skylanders. And the way they play and the, and the name dropping is like hot dog and just seeing his abilities and the fact and all that the soul tokens also do another thing. They unlock a new ability that you'll get right away in the skill tree if you get that Skylander. So not only is it a commercial, but it's a commercial with larger incentive like, hey, buy this Skylander and you'll have some cool shit to go along with it that you wouldn't have gotten before. I, I take a problem with that business model. But then somebody brought up a, a really good point. 
that Skylanders is more or less just a tactile microtransaction system. It's just, you know, I mean, there's already games doing something very similar to this, except you don't get figurines out of it. You just get passive abilities or perks or double XP. Like, it's just a business model in a different of a different. It's a rose of a different color. So I I don't know. I am personally pro Skylanders, though. I just I can I could have done without that 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 moment of soul token nonsense but like it's it's really deep and it gets hard it's not it's not that easy it's easy in the beginning mm-hmm. but um yeah and then it got it got pretty hard uh the giants make it easier but yeah i am currently i'm i'm stacking like 20 skylanders deep so. damn dude that was quick like you just got that thing too <laughs> there's only 32 in the first like run the first series well it's a mixture of both series like oh, i have okay. two versions of drobot I have series one robot and then light car, a light core robot and the light core. Okay. So the, the, like, it's cool that they light up like uh, essentially the giants are in themselves. They do the exact same thing. The light core figurines do. They all light up. Uh, I have two giants. I have crusher and the one that came with tree Rex and like, they're both really cool. But again, <laughs> they all play. Re- yeah, I know the puns. They all so play terrible. really, really differently. And they all like, I have this one. He's become my favorite Skylander. And it's the irony of it alone is not lost on me, but he's essentially he's a street shark. His name is Terrafin. He is a bipedal fucking shark. And one of his awesome abilities is he goes underground and essentially just swims underground with this fin above the air, above into the uh, ground, like fucking burrowing underground until he can jump up out of the air and belly flop on enemies. But the 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 fucking nice. going underground like a shark alone not only helps you move fast, it's a fucking street shark. And I think where I was going with the irony is the fact that street sharks is essentially a cartoon that was made to promote a brand new toy line. Mm-hmm. So irony, <laughs> irony. That's fucking. That's awesome. Is, is there a Skylanders cartoon? No, oh my god. Oh, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure uh, there will be. There wouldn't be surprised if there would be. There Nickelodeon's currently in um Nickelodeon's currently in production with uh fucking doing a Angry Birds uh cartoon and just, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking forward. It's going to be in the style of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that they did, so. Lame. Well, I mean, don't be so quick to jump, man. Like, you just, like, Angry Birds kind of grown on all of us now. Yeah. It's no one ever. <laughs> you, can't, you can't ever please Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Right. Well, anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Um, I'm going to have a Skylanders review out shortly. I have uh, upcoming reviews as well. I've got Clan of Champions and Mugen Souls. And then Assassin's Creed 3. That's what's on my review tap. Hooray. Also, we're horses and bayonets. Fucking horses and bayonets. Uh, hashtag. I I think we're gonna. <laughs> that's the sound of a hashtag. We're really gonna invite the <laughs> yes. wrong type of people to talk to us about that fucking hashtag. <clears throat> that's true. That's a very. I'm sure there's a site out there for that already. There's if there isn't, there was a Tumblr yeah, literally named uh-huh. the moment it came out and the debate. And it's so funny because there's this amazing picture. With the hashtag on it, but there's this amazing picture, and it's so well done. Like, I wish I can really discuss it, but I don't want to kind of draw those kind of things on the podcast. But I'll tell you guys about it. It's that like, unwanted element. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like the story that shall not be named, you know. Or that movie that you can't say the name of. Oh, or the you fucking I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. 
<laughs> I, won't um, say. I don't even remember the name of it, to be honest. Like, I blocked it out. Um, now, now, now you're just asking for it, man. No, you do I'm not. A, a I really, is that son what that of was? a bitch. See? See? You did it. That's your fault. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm um, glad I was the one that did it. Thanks, sir. Oh, anyway, yeah. let's let's blast through this fucking select feedback so we can get to this retrospect. Let's like blast. Okay, so we've got a voicemail and an email, and thank you guys again. And um, what was I going to talk about that we we're going to announce within select feedback? It was brought up earlier. Uh, fuck us, right? That's what you get. Talk about fuck. me. We should have just we should have just went into it. Um, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're, oh, well, okay. Um, no. No, it's gone. <laughs> um, that'll go. Wah, wah. Oh, oh, okay. Um, we're, no, it's gone again. Anyway, so it'll come back to us sooner or later. We're doing some site updates. Oh, no, but there is one thing I did want to definitely mention. Uh, we just launched our final sister show, um, and we've also made separate feeds for them, so you're going to see them in their own thing. But they're still going to be home to Press Pause Radio in the same manner that Bullet Heaven is. But uh, we have now finally completed the four corners. I mean, we've got the flagship, us, PPR, and then we've got Indie Drome, Vintage Play, and Bullet Heaven. All, all different shows you guys can check out, but Indie Drome is up. Uh, first episode that's hosted primarily by Matt J., and his uh, UK cohort Stevie, he's you know he's British, so that's different. So now we've and he and they're also writing for PPR, and they're going to be on the show as well. So uh, yeah, now we've got our hands in two countries, no three countries. I mean, yep, we've yeah. been international for a while, but no, I mean now we're, now we're intercontinental. There we go, just like just like that fine cuisine. Food, that's uh, right, intercontinental cuisine. That's right, it's, mm, that, boy. That's Subway, right? Subway's Spotted Dick. What? What? You, you don't know what spotted dick is? Come no. On. Oh, what? is that like bread in a can kind of shit? Something like yeah, it's very popular in the UK. Fucking weird. Yeah, bread in a can. Remember when you thought can of bread wasn't real? I Holy did. Shit. I still don't think it's real. I think you're still lying. <laughs> no, I don't care. No, I don't care what Rob Thomas throwback. says. I think you're still lying. Canned bread. We. I remember we are Rob Thomas. About that for a while. I know you just came out from the shadows, but I still think you're lying about that shit. All right, guys. He'll never hear about this. No, he he won't. But <laughs> what's funny is uh, I'm getting ready to send him all my hero clicks because where I kept all my hero clicks is like where I'm putting all my Skylanders off. So behold, uh, are you are you dropping a link? Link drop. Yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that's we'll the best. Hey, hey, thanks a lot for having that fucking address in my address bar. Now my wife's gonna see that. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I was... Yes, I, I wish people knew that I went to a site and said. It's not it's for, not the, for cock. the cock. Dot. That's not even a, that's not oh. even a domain. That doesn't make sense. email. I didn't even yeah. know. We got that's a new mail from Matt. Best ever. Um, hey, Matt. <laughs> anyway, let me, let me go ahead. Let me get to read yeah. the email. So Matt Please. writes, Hey, PPR guys. How's it going? Uh, this is not Matthew Kane, by the way. This is other Matt. Um, he never gives us his uh, last name, but, you know, as such, we just talked to this other Matt. It's, I hope it, you don't it, mind. This guy likes to troll about we, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is. I think that's the same dude. But anyway, yeah. Matt Matt writes to us and he asks, hey, PPR, what's going on? Love the latest no. episode of uh, basically you guys talk about movie games. Surprise, so, Andrew didn't see the relevance in it, but it's not something that's really talked about every now and again. So 
definitely <laughs> definitely enjoyed the podcast. He is my nemesis. God damn it. I know, dude. He, that's the second <laughs> time. He, I was laughing. <laughs> I was laughing when you mentioned that. But it, <laughs> that is nemesis. But anyway, let me get back to this. Fuck, I can't even read. Uh, I kind of wanted to ta- premeditatedly ask, just in case you guys may not touch it on it, but on Twitter, I've been hearing nothing but XCOM, and I'm hoping one of you guys will talk about it and what's in your console. And what are your feelings oh. towards the recent events at Zygna? Oh. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of his email. So, um, so in terms of XCOM, I know George and I were talking about last night a little bit. I, I do have it. I have it on 360, and it seems like most of the people I know are playing it on PC. But I do definitely want to jump into it. Um, I probably will once this, w- once we get into de- to get into December when we're starting to play stuff for funsies. I will play it. I mean, it's for sure. Uh, it looks great. I love the guys that did Civ, so I think it'll be a good game. Um. So yeah, maybe next time we record, we'll have something to say about it at that point. But uh, on the other thing about uh, the Zynga situation, yeah, Zynga. I, mean, I always say Zygna. I don't know why. It's you know, it, it, it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, it su- it sucks to see anyone get cut or anyone lose a job in this industry. But you know, Zynga had a popularity that's going to start fading. I mean, I think uh, Facebook reported that like twenty percent of their you know how you go out and buy Facebook credits to play Farmville and stuff like that. It, there was a twenty percent drop in anything drop. Zynga really. Yeah, and, and that resulted in twenty five people, I think, that lost their job. But the way that they did it, that's the shady shit. I understand people get cut, but yeah. to do it during a press conference for another uh, company just to kind of avoid the you know the the media uh, the blitz that come from it. Yeah, Who, like, like I, what were they what were they masking their bullshit with again during during the uh apple press conference for the ipad mini (laughs) right right of course wow (laughs) come on guys like if you just had some decency i mean i understand cuts have to happen it's a part of the industry it's part of any industry that cuts have to be made they just don't want the stigma that's associated with it because these guys already work day in day out to avoid a lot of stigma that they catch well they get it because they probably deserve the majority of it not the individual people just the company you know in general just that name um, it's the stormtrooper complex, though. Funny enough, I mean, like those people advocate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of associate that when you, when you work for a company of that that magnitude and like of those particular practices. I mean, like, okay, I am not wishing ill will towards like fuck no. I really hope that one those people bounce back, and just like in the manner of the three six studios debacle that happened earlier this year. That there, there are some open arms, willing and ready, able to receive. I mean, Microsoft alone has already opened up 20 new studios, like internal second-party studios. So there's already plenty of opportunity there for anyone that's already had uh, the, you know, Zynga in, in terms of their resume repertoire of uh, development history. You know, there's plenty of opportunity to be found there. And I'm kind of curious to see what Microsoft does there. I really... I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if like a lot of it's just dedicated connect factions because like I don't know if you guys know this, but like I check connect fun labs there. It's and it's sad. It's so fucking sad. There are more. Yeah. No, hold on. This is where I get sad. They are way more on top of connect fun labs than game room in every way. Like there's new packs being released weekly. Yeah. No, there, there hasn't been a game room update in at least a year. Yeah. If not longer. And you know what sucks about that shit? Nah, fuck, you got me pissed now. Uh, <laughs> fucking game room. 
the last update they were supposed to do, it was going to be the next update, was fucking Sunset Riders. Oh! And then they heavy, cut it off. I was like, heavy you burn. And it's not coming. Suckers. It's not coming either, because Konami just expressed that they're 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 now done doing oh. arcade ports, that Simpsons was their last one. Oof. And what did they do? They did X-Men and Simpsons. That's it. Like, did they do another one I'm not familiar? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They did both Sunset Teenage Riders. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Come on. It's the best. What? What are you doing? Well, it's That's not bad. even available. Like, okay, here's my concern and my worry, because, like, I know people, like, may just scoff at the mere mention of what I'm about to say, but, like, I still believe that virtual console can be a thing, especially with, like, you know, the Wii U around the corner fact that they're... I think what they're going to do is they're going to convert virtual console into the new eShop model. That's basically going to override the, the, the fucking shop channel and WiiWare model that the Wii had. And I, I don't know, I like the eShop model as long as it's supported and openly communicated. And that's, like, Nintendo's big thing. They they don't do that shit. Not, well, the same thing with Sony. They don't do it either in terms of PlayStation Minis. But there's, Sony's still fucking leaps and bounds better than Nintendo is about it in terms of a online infrastructure that's openly communicated. Um, I, I really think that there's hope for Sunset Riders to, you know be on virtual console and again with the versatility of the wii u gamepad again i could i don't know i could be speaking I, I, uh, silver lining stuff that may not occur but uh, in the mechanic alone of what they're doing with tvu and and being able to continue playing games on the wii u gamepad while tv still gone goes like i i'm going to safely assume that all the virtual console formats are openly transferable to utilize that exact same kind of feature and mechanic so i think that might reinvigorate um a lot of interest within uh within virtual console again though it may not but i'd like to think that i'm holding out to you know virtual console still possibly being a thing I'm concerned about WiiWare titles. Like, we again, just so you know, despite my ignorance, WiiWare is being carried over to virtual con- uh, to Wii U, right? I'm not sure about launch, and that train doesn't know either. But I, <laughs> I, I'm sure if, if not at launch, it'll eventually happen. I'm sure it has to, but I'm not 100 on that. Uh, yeah. So like, I'm like all the Rebirth games, I, I haven't gotten yet. So I need to get the Rebirth games, and then there's certain... Like, there are others. Like, I, I still need to get Contra the... Contra and what was the other one? Gradius. Contra, Gradius, and Castlevania, which is, oh, again, yeah. our, our our topic. I, I have actually... I do own the Castlevania one. Weird nice. enough. Yeah, nice. I know. It applies to it. But anyway. Um, but yeah, no. I, I, I'm, I'm showing some slight concern in that end. But yeah, in terms of Zynga... I, I, I don't have such a like vile contempt for the company like most people do. Like I don't like their business model, a lot of the shady shit they do, and I feel like there there hasn't really been anything original out of them, uh, other than draw something. But even then, draw something is just a glorified Pictionary. Words with friends is glorified Scramble. Uh, Gems with friends is glorified Bejeweled. Cityville is Farm like Farmville. I it's technically Farmville like their most original thing. And even then, it's not all that original. It's a glorified yeah. Harvest Moon. Their most glaring ripoff was the Ville. Yeah, what's the Ville? Like, isn't that just Cityville, though? Motherfucker, there's a train out here, too. <laughs> it's coming your way. <laughs> it's coming to get you. I, I know, if there's a train that runs through my end, <laughs> holy shit. 
Like, it's a goddamn ghost train. Spooky. The trifecta, <laughs> trifecta complete. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. It's funny because Sarah's not even next to a train track. Like He's not even close to one. <laughs> I can't no, not it, even though. nearly, but for real. Really? I but for some reason. What? What? It, I couldn't hear. I can't hear it on his end. Can you hear yeah, it? Yeah, I kept, I kept barely hearing it, and I took well, I took off one of my ear cuffs, and sure enough, fucking train. Like, holy shit. No, the train. <laughs> you you can hear hell? my train for fucking space. No, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that thing. God damn that train. I'll move. I'll move on these go. days. I just. Oh. I love it too, because like anytime Andrew comes out with us, we we have to hear a train some out and it's somewhere out in the distance. That's his distant stalker. <laughs> they just follow me. Yeah. I just want to. I just picture train carriage now in a tree, just just fucking watching from afar, <laughs> like a train stalker. That'd be <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. It peeks tell, around tell, the tell, corner. Tell, all you tell see is Will, a trailer Tell hit. Will. Tell Will the next thing that he does has to have a train following me. Or, or yeah. me on a train, fuck it. <laughs> uh, wait, Just toast on a train. It. Fuck snakes, you train. snakes on plane? Fuck snakes on a plane. Toast on a train. <laughs> I, I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of it. That's, there we go. That's our that's the Press Pod Radio documentary right there. Toast on a train. Um, Shit. Zynga. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yep. Um. I don't have as much contempt for the company as most people do, and I really do hope those people bounce back, but I can only see this, like, this is an incline. This is going to only get worse. So, unless they do something wildly different and they change up what's expected out of them, like, because all they're really doing is... And, I don't know, I just feel like the nature in which they're approaching it is just fucking really dumb. Like, they're, they're like even merchandising is just shallow and contentful like words with friends was re being re-released by hasbro you're re-releasing scrabble which your game is already liberally lifted from how how do you do that of course you go through hasbro because they own the rights to scrabble so there's no there there's no legal action involved but still like i think there's there's a certain amount of like moral fiber that i feel is re is being really fucking tugged at scrabble so. words with friends edition don't <laughs> just don't i mean, like the, the thing, i think it's a thing that's happening now um but yeah hopefully that answered your question matt i i really do wish the best for those people but i don't i only wish for zynga to succeed or change up what they're fucking doing i i, I do hold a reasonable amount of contempt i'd like to think as, in terms of like as a i don't know i don't fucking wish for anyone to fail in this industry unless they had anything to do with alien soldier but like fuck you yeah so there, there's just simply that unless you're m night Shyamalan, you're good in my book um we've got a voicemail let's listen to that voicemail hey ppr this is jack again um i um i was wondering if i should get uh if i i have enough money for either a ps3 or a wii u i'm wondering what i should buy so yeah, tell me when you th which one you think I should buy. And I'll see your, I'm listening to your uh, movie um, episode based on uh, movies based off video games. And um, I want to say that uh, Grandma's Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time because um, of it says hey, um, hey JP, how much do clothes cost in the Matrix? Say like, hey Alex, you forgot Smoky Lamp, and he like throws the pong and breaks it. I'm sorry, was that expensive piece? That is really good, and same with uh, Scott Pilgrim, one of my favorite movies of all time. So, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Bye. Alright, so, Jack, um, 
that's a really hard that's kind of a hard question if you've never experienced a PlayStation 3 before because there's so many things right now that I can tell you and why you should buy a PlayStation 3 hell Demon Souls I wouldn't say is a system seller but if you're gonna get a PS3 you better own Demon Souls um the upcoming under the feet HD well gonna that's be gonna P- be on PS3 as well no it? it's not PS3 exclusive in North America I did not know that huh it's the truth well huh and you know, I, I even going farther than that, there's a lot of first party games like uh, has anybody checked out? I you know, what? I didn't talk about that, about what's your console, but I only briefly played it. But uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, which has gone public now, but we were able to check out the beta a while ago, both from media perks and just PlayStation Plus perks aside. And it's pretty well done. Like I can tell that 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 game's been geared for like tournament play. Like there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of styles and uh, dynamics that are involved with within just I would say strategic play with each character. Like especially with uh, Sly. However, I think Sly's shit is the hardest to pull off unless you're really like you're really good. But I've I've played against good Sly players. I was really surprised how well they fucking kicked my ass. Um, I don't know, man. That's a really hard decision because like at this point, I feel like. Okay, so we're getting a game at launch. We're getting the system at launch for other reasons because we want to cover and talk about it and we want to be able to give information on it. But I don't know. I don't. I always have a hard time recommending anything at launch because the launch lineup, unless there's something really strong there to like bounce off of, most launches are really bad in video games. I don't think I've ever like the only awesome video game launch I still this day was amazing was the Dreamcast launch. Like, there was tons of stuff to do. Uh, tons of stuff to play to the Dreamcast launch. And, like, I feel like some systems are still recovering from their terrible launch. Like, the Vita. So. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's the truth, though. Enough said. <laughs> um, I don't know, you guys. I'll let you guys chime in on this one, man. I gotta think about this one. You're probably gonna be surprised by my answer, but I'm gonna say get a Wii U. I don't know why. I, I, I think that just for, for him, for Jack, especially at his age, I just think that the Wii U would appeal more to him. Just personally, just I, I don't know. I, I think that's a good system to have just because of the experiences and the different things. And you can probably, you know, I don't know, like your dad's going to get really mad at you when you're playing games. And so, you know, if you don't want to hog the TV, you can just take your game with you on the game pad. And that way he doesn't beat you with a belt like my dad did. Problem <laughs> solved. He always complains about his dad. And he's always talking like... He does. And he should be. Your dad just wants what's best for you. And he's going to make you feel if it. If your dad only knew that you listened to us. Holy God. shit. Right? My dad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just... I'm, hmm. I'm anticipating that angry voicemail. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right? So... Jack's dad. I, I, I welcome it. I, I want to have a debate Jack's with Jack's dad. Man. Jack's dad, send us emails. Oh man, uh, I that I can't I can't commit to that response as easily as you, but I under, I understand why. I don't know. I can't say both because you're like a fucking fifteen year old kid with allowance. So like, <laughs> I understand why you're asking yeah, this question. True, um, true. I I honestly because like the new PlayStation Three bundle, I don't I don't have any confidence in the slim redesign of the slim. The titles are awesome. I feel like the PlayStation 3 has plenty of room for you to enjoy it. 
at a later time and if you really want to get in on like being a part of like wii u and supporting what the wii u is doing yeah i'm gonna have to go with you getting the wii u and like there's yeah there isn't a lot of titles like rayman legend or yeah rayman legends got pushbacks that that was gonna be my definite uh that's launch yeah purchase. if you get a chance um go to a local and they have demo units available. They probably have it at other retailers too. But that's just where I saw one. And you can play the Rayman Legends demo. Oh my goodness! It oh, it looks so good and and it's fun. Like I really wish they would have put a Mario demo on there. I think that would have been a, a really good idea. But mm-hmm. yeah, go go to your local other retailers, Best Buy, maybe Target or Walmart might have one. But there are Wii U demo units out there. So if you haven't played one yet go and play one get hands on with it and that's the thing like that's what's going to win you over with the wii u i think is you know it's all speculation all hype but when you do get a chance to play it and get in your hands i think it'll really win you over it did for me and i really have been against the wii hardcore for the last four or five years so for me to be really excited about the wii u launch that's kind of saying something i think at least in my opinion you realize i'm going to censor some certain names that you just dropped because i'll say all of them Awesome. <laughs> fuck you yeah but i'm gonna have to do that but yeah if you go to the store that shall not be named um and uh, apparently all the other stores that shall not be named but the last a couple episodes we said best buy we never censored that out <laughs> yeah because best buy is cool we don't we don't uh, oh i don't know about that uh, well no they're not actually but they're gonna censor out the one right the, the i we have it. to censor out the one for oh you're right that's right okay thank you i'm but... i'm doing it in your best interest <laughs> thank you yeah me and sayer thank you yeah so Anyway, okay. Now, well, what I was—I don't know if, of course, I've got to go against popular opinion, but not only—not only just because I am, but I really, don't know, it feels, ah, no. feels all, <laughs> it feels like this, the odds are stacked against me here. But I think you should maybe go for a PS3 instead because there's so much more you can do with it than you can do with the uh, with the Wii. And I, I completely never mind. End. Never mind the fact that it's going to be hard as fucking balls to find a, a Wii U in time for the holidays. That already. is a good point. Yeah, yeah you didn't pre-order one by now. Like you're, you're not probably not going to get it. it. Is, right? You're so not. You, you might as well go with a PS3. Then you'll get your Blu-ray. The the high definition streaming for movies is ridiculously good, and there's already a back catalog of hundreds of great games. Anyway, I'm sorry. Did you guys <laughs> hear something? Anyway, um, yeah, but no, you just go to your local Circuit City and uh, play some Wii U. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> Let's do oh it. My God. Um, Circuit City is a fucking spirit Halloween store. That's hilarious. Hey, ours is too. <laughs> Holy shit. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Oh my God, ours is too. Oh man. Um, that's amazing. Small world. <laughs> no, what, what was originally it was a trend last year was any Hollywood video building that was still up. That was a spirit store. Ah, uh, okay. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's funny as shit. Though. Actually, last year our our spirit Halloween store was the old Fye. <laughs> oh man, that's sad. Oh, Our FYE no. got turned into a gym. What's funny though is we still have an FYE in the next town over. And wow. I, and I, I know they're still open. Yeah, they're still open. They just they cut back a lot of chains. I used to work for FYE before it became FYE when it was Warehouse Music, and I worked during that transition as well. That was my second job to Game Crazy. So when I worked at Game Crazy and I was done there, I was over at uh, Warehouse Music, uh, formerly Warehouse Music, now FYE. Um, that's where I bought my Sega CD, actually, was, well, my parents got me the Sega CD. They got it from Warehouse, and they got me this super discounted, like, I wanted a Saturn. I've told this story before, uh, for Christmas, and yeah, it was from Warehouse Music. 
uh, fucking got tons of shit on the cheap. It was crazy. Anyway, that's select feedback. Uh, if you guys have anything that you want to add, just drop us a voicemail at 469-PPR-TALK. Email us. Um, I'm thinking about changing our email just because uh, it would help out with spam. It would just make more sense, especially the fact that we keep getting hit up by publishers of the independent variety <laughs> to get a hold of us. And um, it would it, it we would like that a more controlled environment. So we'd like uh, we'd like to go ahead and hear your feedback. But I'm thinking about just changing the mailbag at PressPodRadio.com, and we should do that. It would be Wait, isn't this it. what we were going to announce and you forgot? I think so. Maybe. I don't I know. I still, yeah. There was something else. There was uh, something else. Fuck, what was that? Oh, the uh, the top games of the year. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you, dude. Thank hey, you. you're welcome. I remembered. God, you did. It took. It only took us like an hour. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, shit. Well, shit. So, yeah, we're not. So, yeah, some foreshadowing. Uh, for the last three years, we've all just picked our list, our personal list of the top 10 games of the year. Um, we've found that to be a bit troublesome. And not only that, we've found that uh, some of us can't like we're so busy. I won't say like definitely that is not the case this year. I think all of us have played way too fucking many games. But there's also a lot of games that didn't get exposure. So this year, what we're doing is we're just simply doing a lot of awards categories. So best indie game of the year, uh, best game of the year, best racing game of the year. We're doing a lot of categories and we're simply just going to talk about like the choices that we're going to choose and then basically what got the vote between all of us and then just talk about that game. So essentially we're all voting we're gonna do a readers poll though or a listeners poll so we're gonna toss a fuck ton of games out there and whichever game gets the most talked about uh we're gonna quote a lot of what people have to say about it but yeah it's gonna make it easier in terms of condensing the the episode and you know i think it'd just be a, a better flow of a format i mean we're gonna like okay so here's this category here were the nominees and this is a game that won and this is why and it's we're all new, talking about the our, same game. It's our new award show that we're doing every year called the Pressies. Ooh, the 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 Pressies. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I I I don't know. I was thinking about like giving it a cool name, but I come up with the Peepers, the Peepums, <laughs> the Peepums, um, <laughs> the Peep. <laughs> Dish uh, bacon. Yeah, there you go. Call it that. Try to write that down. Yeah, it's spelled right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you though, Andrew. Yeah, but we're we're definitely gonna do that. That's what we're also doing. And yes, there's gonna be uh, a change. We I think we're just leaning towards mailbag at presspodradio.com. Also, uh, you could reach us at our forums, our Facebook, our Twitter, uh, and our website. We've gotten some comments that we haven't touched upon there, but they've been so old. We've read them though, and we would we try to reply back. Uh, definitely spooky. So Jesus, just like just you ham, you're you're a ham. It's Halloween, man. We have to we have to make it scurry. Um. So the first thing I actually, um, I actually the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, real quick and drop this out here before we get into the future topic. Um. Uh, fucking, I'm gonna do a contest. I don't know if any of you guys personally follow me on Twitter. Or Facebook or Instagram, for that matter, or any of the other several social networks I have no business owning but participate in anyway. Uh, I recently got a ghost case for my PlayStation 2. 
and it's legit. I really like it. It, it took some finagling and assembly, but I did it, and I think I did a really awesome job. And I have an extra one to give away to one of you guys. So what I would like to do is uh, do a really simple contest. You can just email it until we make the official change over to mailbag at pressposradio.com. Just use the same email you guys have always used, pressposradio at gmail.com. I want you guys to email me uh, this the following answer to this next question. What game is Andrew the most scared of, Amnesia or Fatal Frame? If you choose the right one, uh, and you do it fast enough, I'll, I'll choose the, the fastest one. So whoever says it first and gives me the right answer, you have to uh, then respond to my next email asking for your address, and you will get a free ghost case. Also, shout out to one of our listeners that fucking was, oh, it's so amazing. His name's Brian Wade, or Alex, I can't tell. Um, <laughs> He's confusing course. us every time He's on Twitter. confusing, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the way, but I'm, I'm assuming because he put it on the uh, postage as well, he, his name is Brian Wade. Um, but dude sent me a copy of 999 and I want to thank you because like now I get to play it and uh, I will actually I apologize I didn't get the chance to play it before we recorded but uh that one reason I use for everything oh yeah video games it just you know shit happens but I will play it I promise you I'll talk about it on the next episode uh for sure whatever that may be whatever the next traditional episode of press pod will be and that's not foreshadowing towards a possible games club I don't think we can do a games club right now um, now, if only some viewer out there would maybe have a copy of KO Flying Squadron they could send along, that would be yeah, fantastic. Smoking hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> the very best kind, my friend. Yeah, there's there, that's absolutely not a possibility. You don't I, know that. I, I, I highly doubt that anybody <laughs> likes us that much. No, yeah, so. nobody sent me anything yet, but it, you know, hopefully uh, they send me major amounts of money or candy i will take and candy a Doritos bag hashtag free hashtag hashtag Andrew. free hashtag doritos <laughs> hashtag halo 4 hashtag now uh xbox noobs <laughs> hashtag hashtag oh fuck oh, dude what if you break you, twitter you, if you do that you can't do it <laughs> don't don't do it i don't recommend that last one that's I don't know, man. That's like parking on top of a DeLorean with a DeLorean. You don't do it. Um, anyway, yes, thank you, Brian Wade, for fucking throwing that in my direction. I will play it. Now we can talk about the future topics. So, feature topic, Castlevania Retrospective. Uh, Sarah was actually, before we started recording, he was toying around with a uh, official timeline, which is uh, funny. Have you, have you guys checked out the Legend of Zelda timeline? It, it almost kind of ruins sucks. it when you do. Yeah, <laughs> it almost ruins Legend of Zelda for you when you look at it. Because somehow, Four Swords is like a significant aspect of it, and I really didn't want it to be. But that's neither here nor there. So. Castlevania is one of, I don't know, I would want to say the, the darling of the Konami franchise, or at least the most traditional one. Like, 
that was essentially Konami's uh, Mega Man in a sense, especially within those times. But uh, I think what it was is like uh, they they kind of wanted to step away from like the kid. Uh, like uh, Konami kind of wanted to uh, deliver this this unadulterated like display of just like n- n- fucking like pretty hardcore subject matter. And like it really came across even in those early times. Like, does anybody remember that Nintendo Power cover of Simon's Quest Two, where that dude just fucking oh, yeah. holding a decapitated head for Castlevania? Like that was Wasn't that like was... a blue, a blue Dracula head or something. Yeah, but like there was blood, dude. There yeah. was like there was neck droppings, neck drippings, like it. Mm, delicious. Yeah, I mean, and in Castlevania, in a sense, it it it, it was a game that. Uh, very self-aware of what it is. I mean, it was a it's a hardcore platformer with a lot of different elements, and, and that's always what the basis of that game is going to be. But it, it was very much embellished in in like what it is, and for the most part, it was essentially Konami like throwing their takeout on on Dracula. And I don't I don't know the origin exactly of the Castlevania name that came about, but I really like the fact that you know. Uh, I think it was because they, they originally wanted to go with Dracula and like Dracula actually has a completely different licensing and uh, license right in terms of uh, who owns it. And I don't think Konami had the pres- permission to use it because they maybe not in the uh, maybe not, not in North not America. Not in the West. Right? The, yeah. The, in it's Japan, like, it's different. Is this just like Akamajo Dracula or something like that? Like, is that what it all is? Yeah, or? it's it, you're exactly it. It's Akamajo. Dor- no, it's Akamajo Doriakura. That, that's how you say it, I believe, which is just Akumaja Dracula. But, you know, I yeah, it's, it's straight up just Dracula. But essentially what it was, it was uh, Konami just essentially like their their love letter to the horror series, because like they're the particular creator was uh, enamored with a lot of the uh, older and like Hollywood's monsters. And like, I don't know if that's their official title, but like, of course, a creature from the Black Lagoon, the the werewolf. Uh, Count Drac, uh, the mummy, you know, the monsters that we've now come to see as icons, you know, that are representative of Hollywood around that time before they reach such notoriety. Uh, the, the, those films still to this day, they hold up as cult classics, Frankenstein. They wanted to incorporate all the elements from those movies, but in, in a video game in where you ultimately confront Dracula. They felt like out of all the monsters within each film that like Dracula was like one of the most regal of them and just felt like the man himself in charge. But I think like there was such a reverence for Dracula that it was like a lot of the, the themes in that game. It just, it's really surprising to me. So for example, I think the most notable thing that I really want to talk about that, like uh, I, I don't, you don't see in any fiction whatsoever. And I know it, it might seem a bit semantical to de- dive into the fiction of this game, but again, it, it it matters, especially when we reach we touch on more stuff later. But um, the fact that the Grim Reaper answers to Dracula, death is a subordinate. Death himself answers to Dracula, and I find that ironic. The fact that you know when Dracula when Dracula dies, he never truly dies because he's made this alliance. And, like, it's just funny to me that death, like, is this subjectively evil entity that that works and coincides with evil, which kind of, you know, plays at that stereotype of, like, what's perceived to be evil or or terrorizing. But death is 
if anything, supposed to be completely, you know, non-partial. It's, it's a natural order of things. So I found it just, you know, weird that the entity that represents the act of, of non-existence of, of anything that perishes or expires fucking like conspired with the most evil entity known to man in order to bring about fucking man's destruction. I don't know. Am I, it was, is that a little too much analytical uh, insight into that? Maybe just a bit. <laughs> I don't know, man. If you don't see that in anything else, like, like death is never portrayed as an evil entity, just something that's there. And I'm talking about like any use of the Grim Reaper, even in like the divine comedy, like Dante's Inferno. Death was simply just a part of the design, but like he was never like inherently like designated as an evil entity. Something that has been carried on to like nearly every Castlevania, especially Symphony mm. of the Night, which is like one of the more notable Castlevanias. So I don't know. We're, we're like I said, we're doing a retrospective. We're talking about um, we're talking about the uh, the original, the Genesis. Uh, the game first came out on the MSX, the Konami's flagship console at the time that they had that competed with the Famicom. The MSX had like Metal Gear and fucking I don't know if the MSX ever had Contra. Do you know that, Sarah? I feel like you'd be more familiar with that. Uh, that's a good question. I can look into that, actually. I know I had uh, Gradius and Twinbee, though. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say Gradius and Twinbee. And, um, and uh, I think Salamander, too. Anyway. Yeah, I did actually. You're right because I remember a friend of mine. Uh, he he wrote a blog about it a while back. Anyway, here's an interesting little tidbit of information about the MSX, though. It was actually a computer uh, that both Sony and Microsoft worked on. Huh. Da da. I thought, but it's it's but it's Konami that owns the rights to the like everything. It's kind of like it, I always the, the way I view the MSX is like the Japanese Commodore. Like it's the equivalent. Yeah, it's a Japanese a ways, equivalent yeah. to the Commodore. Yeah, but, but I think Hudson also made games on the MSX as well. But there was an adapter for their uh, their B cards. Yes, which yeah. was the what kind of led them into doing the PC Engine. Yeah, they, they were the basically the proto version of the uh, of the Hue card that that they would later make. So anyway, Vampire Killer came out, and again, it was it was Konami's desire, the creators uh, involved, which I you know I won't be able to find them by name as of yet. But give me a second. Uh, that they they kind of wanted to deliver this, and you know, at, at this moment, like you imagine it for uh, for a product of its time, and like Andrew again, like have you played it on the? What have you played other than Symphony of the Night? Interview with the Vampire, starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's a game, isn't it? On PS One, Bram Stoker's Dracula for the Sega CD. <laughs> Is that really a game? Yes. Uh, okay, uh, funny sweet. enough, I took a picture of it recently. You can go on my Instagram. That was the very first EGM I've ever bought when I was seven. Was that oh, issue number 45 that did coverage for Bram Stoker's Dracula on and the strange And the strange thing is that you bought the issue after that. <laughs> I was seven. That was the cover, though. What are you doing, EGM? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it was a different It was a different time. Different time. But hey, I, I got suppose, to learn. I suppose. Dude, I got to learn like so much. I got to learn about the Turbo Duo in that issue because I didn't even know there was a CD add-on for it when I was younger. Because like the TurboGrafx-16 only existed to me as like something that I like stumbled across on both Toys R Us and this like amazingly sweet infomercial commercial that would play at super late hours or VidPower. VidPower with fucking Johnny Arcade and his in his cocaine habits. So. <laughs> 
Um, okay, Contra was on the MSX too. Um, yeah, we were talking about Contra. Yes. Oh, MSX two. Okay. Yep. So Let's yeah, do. yeah. Konami Konami backed up the uh, the MSX. They were kind of like. Um, Let's see, what's a good analogy? Well, it's kind of like how Hudson was with the NES. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. Um, but the MSX was primarily I thought the MSX was like primarily a Konami like it was like it was like the way the Hudson soft was towards PC Engine and, you know, Turbo, like they owned share in MSX. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that that's really that's it. Not I think even that what we're it was just about. it was just their home console, really. Their quote-unquote home home system, you know. Yeah. But uh but no, it was it was Microsoft and Sony Ooh, that made well, it. Yeah. Whatever. We'll just leave it at that. Cool. Well, anyway. So, back back to <laughs> Castlevania. Castlevania's. Um, yeah, it was just like like here was this game, as I mentioned again, a game where you can talk like funny enough, I, I heard about like this game, you know, in school at a younger age and like just hearing everybody talk about first discovering Castlevania. Like, uh, I think if anybody speaks in great reverence of it, it's Jeremy Parrish and Shane Bettenhouse. And I love Shane Bettenhausen's like first discovery of it though. Cause he, he found out about it during, uh, a mass at Sunday school and like just the very, <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like oh, I that, that, that is where you would hear about a game like that, where, you know, you fight death, and you fight floating Medusa heads, but like it was, it had a very intentional, very awesome design. But I don't know, like mechanically, even to this day, like how well it holds up. But even back then, playing it, I don't think it was one of those games where like the mechanics served just enough of a purpose to like play through it. But you didn't play the game for it being an amazing game. It was actually like it was a very competent game. And that's like I know that sounds like I'm slighting it, but I'm not. It was just it was a competent game. That you're essentially playing through, but you're playing through this because you want to fucking kill the werewolf in Frankenstein. You want to get through Castlevania and just like the game takes its aesthetic and it seems like I think a lot more seriously than it does in, in, within its actual, uh, you know, in its actual functionality, its gameplay. Uh, granted, the gameplay, like the stage design is really intentional and they there's there's a certain amount of brilliance in where it's one of those games that teaches players how to play directly through uh, tactile practice. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, the game itself, like, I mean, you could talk about like the brilliance of it even to this day, but there are far, far more superior platformers that I can talk about that that have done that and better. Much better to the point where, like, I, I don't even feel like Castlevania, like, rightfully should be in a league of such contrast. Um, but again, it, it's novel in the fact that Ca- Castlevania to me was an amazing platform to get that kind of subject matter into video games. It was a spooky ass fucking game. Like, not spooky. I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who's been given nightmares from it, but there is, there's some serious subject matter that's, like, touched upon. Um, and then there's the sequel, which is kind of prog- prog- a progenitor. Pro- I don't know. Genesis. I, I big just words. Wanna... Big words. It was the start of like kind of the direction that we kind of find Castlevania now in, except it was done terribly. I know we've ta- joked about it here and there, but like Simon's Quest. Simon's Quest, like I go back and, you know, it does everything that I feel like a sequel should. It just does them all wrong. Like, it's weird. Like, it has so many good ideas working for it and just doesn't follow through with them. But, again, like, you have this now very 
established franchise that it's fucking that's definitely hit popularity in Japan amongst anything else. And I don't know, like Sarah, what what is it that like I don't know how much of a fan person I'm a big fan of Castlevania, but I had a Castlevania phase. Yeah, I, I don't like, know if I have a phase. At first, it didn't really capture my imagination, you know? It was something that I'm like, ah, yeah, I've sort of heard of it. But I was never really big into American monster movies, right? So as a result, it sort of flew flew directly, well, pretty much way under my radar. Uh, but, uh, and mostly because, you know, it's, it's the title in, in North America is kind of a, um, a Franken word. You'll have, you'll have to pardon the pun on that. Uh, in that you know it's it's you know it takes place in Dracula's castle in Transylvania so Castlevania and uh, that sort of bothered me a bit but when i uh when i finally got around to buying my first uh, Castlevania game which was like when i moved out it was uh it was actually Castlevania 3 and this was long after Castlevania 64 really didn't sort of uh you know capture my interest my brother liked it but uh I like but it I, too. you know I, I didn't pay any attention to it. It was it was all right, but you know, eh. But when I got pa- Castlevania three, that's when I'm like, hey, you know, this series actually really is good. So then I, you know, made a, an effort to track down more of the games, and I got a few of them. A couple of them are pretty rare, actually, but yeah, I managed to get a few. But I feel like you know there there's a there's an IP here that that's gotten a lot of. Like the source material is obviously there as far as what was inspired of it, but like yeah. what what came out of it. Like you talk about how you didn't care too much for the use of the pun based on its source material, but I like the fact that they like Castlevania is an actual thing in the Castlevania universe. It's it's Dracula's castle. Yeah. Like Dra- and they're like, oh shit, everybody stand the fuck back. Looks like Castlevania's back. That means Dracula's fucking alive again. Let's. Where's the Belmont? Fuck. You mean they're like not around right now? Just <laughs> shit. Fuck, man. Like, hold on. We need a whip. Somebody get me a whip. Or or you know, or holy water. Anything will do. Uh that's a cross shaped boomerang. Yeah, that's a that's not that's a okay, that's not that's not Give holy me. water. That's a that's a crystal geyser water bottle. I can't use that. <laughs> can't use that at all. What are you thinking? This is Dracula! You need to do something. Anyway. Just, I, I think it, it more or less like the the concept evolved into essentially like everything about uh, Castlevania, no matter which one you play, is very centric on the journey and like the perils that you face on the way. Even yeah. even more or less when it changes, when it jumps ship to the the manner in which it presents a more open world environment that's uh, inspired by Metroid. Hence why we've always, for the last fucking 90 years we've done this show, I've always talked about Metroidvania. Uh, Symphony of the Night was a prognator of that, and that's when Andrew uh, just played anything Castlevania-related. It's the truth, yes. Um, I I mean, I, I understand that, you know, I mean, the reason why I played Symphony of the Night was only because that train... <laughs> God damn that train. Um, just... I, I never really got into the NES games, but I know it had a, you know, the, this reputation. It had this this history behind it, and Symphony of the Night was just kind of cool because I thought I, I liked the fact that because you could really kind of had like RPG elements, I guess. Which I don't know if the other Castlevania games before it really had that element. I don't know. You guys might be able to tell me about that. I mean, did it have those elements of like collecting 
you know, different weapons and things like that, like in the um, older games? It did, like, but not not to that manner of depth. Yeah, I no. think mm-hmm. I think what I really like about Castlevania, like one of my favorite things that it is, and it's literally carried over to every single one, even Lords of Shadow, is the the role of mystery that the castle itself plays, Castlevania, because, like, everywhere you go, there's there's so many deceptive points of interaction that you'd be surprised, like, uh, especially the most common thing that everybody knows if they, they're a Castlevania veteran are the candles. But yeah. you can break <laughs> fucking everything in that game and get something out of it. And like, again, again, the game, roast I think turkeys. Yeah, yeah. Ro- you can get pot roast and bricks of wall. I mean, that's another thing, too. Like the, the, the castle itself is just so deceptive. And like, I think that worked towards its intimidation factor. Like they wanted the castle to feel obtuse and just like, completely unwelcoming because they wanted that to work in favor to the theme that that supports Castlevania. But there there's a lot of points into where I mean there's only so, there's only so many times where you can introduce like something like that and then it's almost expected. Like around the 16-bit era like they're they're introducing familiar design elements in different ways that uh people actually cried foul. But uh Hmm, I'm trying to think of like one particular uh, moment of deception that I first encountered with Castlevania because that's a theme. Everything in that game is very deceitful, but it's never like to to necessarily betray you as a player in the wrong way, but betray like have basically have you expect the unexpected, which is again for a game of that time there it was a very new thing. But gathering hearts does nothing for your her health. It it almost completely operates against the established standard of, of what uh, a health system would be. Yeah. Hearts instead are the fuel for your secondary weapons. That in in honestly in in practice, even up to this day, and I don't care how you wanted like what angle you approach to defend that. That makes no fucking sense. It doesn't. Uh, it makes no sense that I've collected fifty hearts up to this point, but. The only thing that keeps me from dying is some fucking aged pot roast within like the cornerstone <laughs> of some fucking wall. But that's mm-hmm. Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pot wall wall meat. Mm. Mm. <laughs> wall meat. <laughs> wall meat. Uh, gotta have. Is, oh. that been, is, is that has that been aged in a wall? Uh, Mont Montfrere. Mm. Come mm. here. Okay. Try this. <laughs> I want you to try this. Uh, what is it? I I know. You tell me. It's pot roast. Yeah, but did it come from a wall? No. Then take it back. Get out of here. I want want you to put it in a wall, then bring it back to me. In fact, it'd be even better if you just brought me back the brick that you put it in so I can break it open and know that it came out of that wall. Mm -hmm. Yep. Until then, I'm going to put you in that wall, and you're going to stand there with that meat until it's good wall meat. Yeah, you're going to be the... Have you ever seen Star Wars? Han Solo Carbonite? That's you, motherfucker. Finally, my wall meat. God, what's for dinner anyway? Um, <laughs> uh, no, just there, 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 there are tropes that have just essentially like they established themselves, but they're, you know, Castlevania kind of shifted direction in order to stay relevant again. And that's what Symphony of the Night did, which Symphony of the Night returned back to a lot of elements that were introduced in Simon's Quest, too, which, again, that's when, like, I don't know, it's a weird age where all video game sequels tried to be wildly different in order to keep things fresh. And that's when you realize that you just need to refine the things that worked and were awesome. I mean, around that same time frame, not only did we get Simon's Quest, we got Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, Super Mario Brothers 2, which was fucking Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, just doing um, really weird yeah. shit. 
really, really weird sequels that, like, you know, had we had Snake's Revenge. Snake's Revenge wasn't even really like a top-down Metal Gear game. It was just a it was, it was a Contra clone. You know, there's a or Contra clone meets Akari Warriors, whatever. And fucking, I'm sticking by it. It was just in that weird frame where sequels tried to wildly jump ship, jump the shark, so to speak. Uh, and it didn't always pan out as well or in reverence. Simon's Quest being one of them. I mean, mo- more times out of more times than not where people will slam Adventures Link and Adventure uh, of Link and people will defend it. Hardly anyone defends Castlevania to Simon's <laughs> Quest because it's just it's so obtuse. It's kind of like the final fa- the final fantasy two of uh, Castlevania. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, another weird sequel that uh, didn't get localized for America uh, around that time. It's still just it kind of applied the same mentality. Um, They brought over the spinoff, though, like the saga spun off successfully from Final Fantasy 2. Correct. Yes. And uh, that, that same sort of deceitful nature that's like inherent within Castlevania kind of went to levels of like cryptic bullshit like you know i did but a lot of i think out of all the castlevanias that that is the one that felt more like an american horror movie because you're literally finding uh all of dracula's fucking pieces and then you're burning them to prevent him from coming back he ends up coming back anyway which is stupid but (laughs) like finding finding dracula's ribs for example and then like that's what you spent two hours in a castle doing um that's fucking cool and the fact that it doesn't actually take place within a centric castle but uh, uh, towns and towns where, you know, Castlevania is just simply mentioned in terms. My favorite Castlevanias, though, is Bloodlines, uh, one that doesn't involve the Belmonts and it doesn't even involve Dracula and involves somebody trying to bring back Dracula and introduce like these new elements where they have control over the same creatures and minions. But where else can you travel along the world and you can be in, you know, the lost city of Atlantis? You can be in the Leaning Tower of Pizza that like fucking Arpiza, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that like rotates, and granted, it, a lot of it was just like, uh, you know, a technical showcase of what the Genesis was capable of when right. like Konami was trying to make uh, use of their investment within Sega. But still, like Bloodlines, like really went out of the way to again incorporate some fresh, fresh feelings within Castlevania. Because I, I think what I'm trying to say is with every sequel. Uh, like especially than contemporaries like Sonic or Mario, there there are substantially different things. Like up until now, as far as the newer Metroidvania styled games on the Game Boy Advance and the DS, every Castlevania has felt incredibly different from its predecessor. I, I didn't mean it. Every single one. I mean, let's go down the line. Castlevania, the very first one. Castlevania two. We touch on that. Castlevania three plays very similar to one, except you control multiple characters. That's actually the introduction, Andrew Alucard, the main dude in Symphony. He's introduced in that game. Yep. Yeah. So you play uh, branching, branching pads as well. Yeah. Branching pads, which is something that was really new at that time. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't see that Mm -hmm. new levels. And then the, uh, the control is much more refined though. I found. Yeah. And then Castlevania bloodlines, you basically have, uh, you have you're traveling around the world and you have two different playable characters that play wildly different. I mean, you have and I don't care what you say. John Morris, motherfucker, Texan. <laughs> Here um, we go again. <laughs> yeah, John Morris. He's got a whip. So he plays like the Belmonts. He is actually I guess you find out he's like an ancestor of the Belmonts. Um, and it's like the most modern day Castlevania because it takes place in like the 1940s. But 
So it's like it's pretty legit. Uh, or you can play as Eric something or other, very feminine looking dude with a staff that makes him jump up high. I mean, there's uh, a lot of elements blood, that Bloodlines takes place in 1917. Oh, whatever, it's the 19. Just saying, 1900s. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, and the different stage designs allowed for different routes to be taken by by the characters. Now they all led the same area, but they change up the game and cater to a certain play style that the you know the player can attach themselves to. Super Castlevania 4 is probably the most derivative out of all of its sequels that around that time frame. And like I'm not that's not a bad thing, but it's like the most traditional out of all the Castlevania sequels because it plays a lot like one, except that it just it refines and adds like tons of tons of things to it. Like a yeah, I would say mechanic that it's, with the chain is probably the most refined up until that point. I, you know, I, I want to get behind that, but like the another hella traditional ass Castlevania and it's like considered the Holy Grail of the Castlevania series is Rondo. Rondo of, of Blood, Blood, yeah. That's what and, I hear, yeah. Rondo of Blood is really nice in, in the fact that like, again, Castlevania made it an apparent uh, point, like, I and I, I especially in comparison to its contemporaries to where it did not, it it, it really took its subject matter and its story seriously. Not to say that others didn't, I just don't think they did as good of a job as like Castlevania did through theming. I mean, a lot of it, again, with the limitations of hardware and like what developers can do with that hardware, there wasn't fucking text bubbles or talking. There was just a little bit of exposition. Everything else was just like pantomime to, to such an extent to where, you know, some shit was kind of fucking creepy looking. Floating Medusa heads, uh, little midget creatures with humpbacks that pus ooze. Death, you're fucking fighting death at multiple points. I mean, granted, like these are familiar tropes that like, you know, that 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 kind of established itself in like determining a Castlevania game. You know, I, I'd like to think that the only other game in that time frame that that kind of went above and beyond to be like legitimately creepy is Splatterhouse. And Splatterhouse is more of a grindhouse gore fucking fest. Like, yeah, Castlevania. Castlevania was just trying to be like spooky, but like a good like I I don't know I I don't know how I can say spooky as an adult and like really try to convey that. But um, you know, Dracula, Rondo of Blood, for example, just like just the subject matter of like Dracula, also known as Dracula X, though, right? Dracula X and yeah. the fact that he like you know. The fact that he kidnaps your, uh, I don't know if it's your wife. He kidnaps your wife and he kills your wife and he, and he kills him and cold, like it just, okay. The attention to death, how death is done. And I'm not talking about the Grim Reaper. I'm talking about like people, the way they die. And the fact that you come to like grips with like the fact that these people exist in these universes and they brutally die from like this omnipotent fucking terrible being. And then you find this girl later on, Maria. And you trade off between playing as her and the fact that she can perma die. Like if you lose her while playing Rondo of Blood, you will guarantee get the bad ending and you'll only play as Richter. So like elements like that. I feel like the Castlevania franchise is one of those rare franchises that reinvents itself every time. Uh, but now we're going to hit like a shaky part of it, though, like that has only been addressed now. Um they kind of went into a Metroidvania direction to kind of keep the 2D games fresh. That became stagnant, but Castlevania kind of exists in the weird realm that Sonic the Hedgehog does, where nearly every 3D iteration of it is looked at with disgust. 
and I really like the 3D Castlevanias. I do. Um, funny enough, I like the 64 ones. They they actually they had style. Like, uh, there's no denying that for sure. But I think the thing that really made those games suffer is that they had pretty bad control. They had bad control. Um, the, I think what it was too is like Sonic is that they didn't really adapt the game around a 3D premise. They just tried to translate, okay, this is what this game is like in 2D, so let's put it in a 3D world. So literally, like, Castlevania 64 and Castlevania Legacy of Darkness play from stage to stage like a 3D Castlevania in points of the stage, which in in theory sounds amazing, but when you put an exploration factor to the fact that you have to break up sections of the game, it can be uh, our stages... It can be a bit tedious, as well as like there was another novel feature that introduced because, again, Castlevania tries to go above and beyond to uh, be different. They introduced a hidden time. So imagine Dead Rising, but in Castlevania, just simply trying to beat it. And that's or (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think, no, I take that back. You had to do certain things. You had to keep characters alive and perform very cryptic quests again in the same manner as Simon's Quest. Um, I mean, a lot of those games, they didn't play that well, but like I, they were earnest efforts for what they were trying to do. And then you have Curse of Darkness and uh, Lament of Innocence, which yeah, those were on PS2 and Xbox. Well, the Lament of Innocence was not on Xbox. PS2 exclusive. Lament of Innocence is a PS2 exclusive. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. And then um, uh, Heart of Darkness was. Yeah, and like the yeah. biggest problem that I have with those games is again the same issue that I addressed is it's a bare bones translation of of Symphony of the Night's formula in terms of Metroidvania, but in a 3D yeah. realm. So there's not a lot to do in those between routes. There's a lot of like very boring static hallways that you have to travel through, and there's less yeah. warp warp rooms. So again. Like, there's a lot of novel ideas, like the combat alone, like the hack and slash combat, uh, I think is done really well. Uh, personally, I don't know. I feel like Castlevania has really established itself with Lord of Shadows. And I'm really surprised that Andrew hasn't played that one. I did start it. I mean, I, I, I didn't play much of it, so I don't think it really warrants me playing it, but... Yeah, I, I did start it. I kind of want to go back because of Lord of, Sh- Lord of the Shadow 2. Like, I, I kind of want to play that because I watched the trailer for that and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that trailer, <laughs> I, I don't so. enjoy that trailer only because, like, yeah, it's it's definitely awesome for those who have, like, gone through. Like, I, that kind of spoiled something for me and I didn't like it, but, like... Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but, like, the fact that now you understand, like, what, what place Lords of Shadow has, it's, like, the super, super fucking prequel. Um, and like, again, I'm going to put a spoiler tag here, actually. Well, no, actually, cause then I'd spoil it for Andrew. No, uh, so I'm not, but like the subject matter alone, it, it just really defends the fact that there's one thing that will always remain true with Castlevania as a franchise, uh, that it, it's consistently trying to evolve its established concepts. Cause like it went super prequel and then like that Lords of Shadow is a good game. I really like mm-hmm. Lords of Shadow. I think it gets to be a little it's a little long in a tooth if you know what i mean like it's to be a little long and then like the dlc alone for it that even like does more for it it makes that experience a lot longer but like that is the most successful iteration of a three-dimensional castlevania because it a lot of people complain that it didn't feel like castlevania 
I don't know if you guys understand this, but I mean, we're in 2012 and we've talked about this before in other horror episodes. Like we're desensitized to a lot of that shit. Like mm-hmm. if you were to show Frankenstein, if you were to show any of those older horror movies, even in the 90s, there there it was there was already divided crowd. I can guarantee in 2012 you show any of those movies to anyone at least the age of four. And I and I wholeheartedly mean this when I when I'm asserting my next position of what I'm about to say. They they won't they won't fucking move any of them to the, to the extent of terror or fright. It's, it's yeah, it's the same with someone trying to watch like they're so desensitized to zombie stuff. You watch the original Night of the Living Dead, they don't give two shits about it. You yeah, know? And Night of the Living Dead yeah. in, in its time was very very terrible. Yeah, I, I I still think it is if if you just appreciate for what it was you know at the time that it was created but no one's gonna do that you know not not in this day and age no and like castlevania has to evolve with the times and i feel like in the subject matter what it does as far Mm -hmm. as you know trying to deliver those familiar tropes especially when you you reach like i really want to do a games club one day on lords of shadow i really like it i'd do it give me a reason to go back and play with more of it it's just it is a really long game it's an incredibly (laughs) long game but like there, there are justifi- There are moments of justifiable terror, and like I, I think that reboot to the Castlevania si- uh, series, because like the game was never meant to be insanely scary. Like I don't know. They, I always divide terror, and we've talked about this before. I always divided like the the, the concept of fear into um, two different camps, and that and that being like just the sheer sheer amount of like visual graphic fear, and then like the perception of fear and that and that being spooky and spooky things that like they're they're icons but then like the way they're put in there like something around a corner a jump scare and like being scary in media is so challenging especially when you're so absorbed with media like all of us like when's the last time a movie really scared any of us i can honestly say i have not been like i think the last time i was genuinely frightened about a movie from a movie was paranormal activity and and that was just in the way it delivered it and and that's what i think it is it's like it 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 basically identifies itself to where it's no longer like media it's a breaching out into a real thing that can happen i feel like the uh, the iconic uh images of monsters uh become more and more fantasy and you know younger generations kind of separate fantasy with what can scare them and they kind yeah, of think, have to i think the the fourth kind did it for me but i i don't know why anybody likes that movie eh. it's a terrible not scary movie i'm only scared yeah, by but... movies that are based off of like religious things like the omen the exorcist anything like that scares the shit out of me anything else i kind of just say eh, whatever but like that stuff um, it creeps me the fuck out (laughs) it really does And what's funny is there's a lot of you know you brought up you unintentionally brought up a really good point Uh, within Mm -hmm. castlevania there's a lot of religious uh association with but it's all censored out not until recently yeah yeah, well they they can definitely push the envelope more now in this day and age than they could you know when when they were first kind of coming up in the consoles. Yeah, but a lot of churches and chapels, you had mm-hmm. no idea they were churches or chapels because the crosses were completely removed. Yeah. But, like, there were a lot of inverted crosses at certain points of Castlevania, and especially Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse ran into that exact same thing. Um, and there was a lot of sensibilities that you had to, like, tread lightly with to uh, not upset, especially when, again, video games being such uh, a young medium at that day and age... But I, I feel like as far as where the Castlevania games can pick up from here, I mean, 
they've I think they've already done everything they can do and they and yet they're still finding more things they can do that make me find uh Castlevania relevant again. Certainly more so than other um Konami properties like oh god Contra which I really hope I kind of don't want to see another Contra. I like what they did with Hardcore and like I think Konami realized that too, which is why the Contra name isn't even in uh Hardcore Uprising. Uh, they're kind of moving in a direction as well, but have you played uh, Contra Four? I have not actually. It's fucking hard. Oh Jesus, is it ever hard? But it's made by Way Forward. Oh really? I got to check that yeah. out. The Rebirth game is also pretty well done. It's actually like it. It justifiably fixes everything, which is what's noticeably known as the worst Castlevania game. Um, but like, yeah, they've done everything. They've even like Kid Dracula. I. S- love kid dracula but i I feel like i gotta track that down it's really good it's like it is um it's and again like i hate making these constant comparisons to spider house with you know spider house having one paku graffiti but um kid dracula is and it's on game boy yeah it's on game Boy. i don't know if it's on famicom Uh, yeah yeah, i played the game boy version i think what's funny is the game boy version was released in north america uh, but I have it on Famicom, actually. Fuck, I feel so stupid. It came with the Famicom that I bought. Anyway, <laughs> I got I to gotta play that. But yeah, I think in, in the relevance of like its subject matter, it's evolving it in the right direction, especially like how um you know we approach nerve. And I was really surprised by that because Kojima Productions, like it awesome writing, really deep stuff. But like exposition is awful. We all know that. We expect that within the Metal Gear series, but we put up with it because it's you know it's appropriate. Or we've somehow allowed it to be appropriate within Metal Gear. Within Castlevania, it's not. And they have found a way to, like, they, I don't know. I, I cannot say too many good things about, I, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about Lords of Shadow. So, and I'm really prepped and primed for uh, that to really be the new thing. Now, uh, Lords of Shadow is also getting, like, a 3DS extension. I don't know if it's going to be another oh, nice. 3D game. It's like Mirror or something. I don't know. Andrew, do you know, remember the, the name of it exactly? Ah, uh, shit. Yeah, it's like it can't be Mirrors of Fate. That sounds too generic. I think it is Mirrors of Fate. Oh, God. It probably is. I'm sure it is now. God. <laughs> like you like you've doomed it to be that. Um, oh, God damn. I think I am right. Hold on. I'm I'm searching it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Lords of Shadow. Mirror of Fate. Mirror of Fate. <sighs> shit. Yes, dude. You're fucking on it. <laughs> Yes. No, I'm not. I, I don't want to be on it. Like, come on, come on, Konami. Let's do something better than this, please. What but was the uh, what was that uh, Castlevania that was um, that was on Xbox Live? Uh, oh, Harmony, uh, Harmony of Despair. Harmony of Despair. Harmony of Despair. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a Harmony of Despair for uh, the DS. So. Oh, that's Harmony of Dissonance. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I was saying yeah. Dis- okay. that was actually Game Boy Advance. I, I I've heard that Harmony Harmony of Despair is really good. I have a couple friends that play that game like yeah, fucking that's religiously. Just, that's just a title they added in there so they could put HD on. Of course, it's the same thing with like the fucking DS Eight, game. So you could Don don't, don't, don't get don't get Fuck started. that shit. Fuck. Does it all the time. Oh. I know. I hate it too, dude. I hate it just as much Fuck. as you do. 
Ninja three, Gaiden three, Dragon Sword. Fuck dragon off. Sword. Uh, whatever, whatever. That's an Fuck actual off. thing. It's the Dragon Sword. I didn't mind that one. Fuck you. Okay, and Dream Drop Distance. Dream Drop Reedy? Distance is stupid. Ah, that stupid. is so fucking stupid. <laughs> that one's stupid. I think the stupidest one is Guilty Gear's Dust Strikers. Oh, what? yes. <laughs> like, makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what, what are you punching? The, like, <laughs> dirt? You're just fucking, uh, that's what you do in the game. <laughs> Punch, punch dirt, punch at air vents, and then watch for filters to fall out. There you go. Objective complete. Um, done. But I, as far as the direction of Castlevania is moving in, I want it. I, I'm about to say something that I, I'd end off on on the topic, and I'd, I'd like to hope. Like, okay, just from everything we've talked about in, in just like familiar, like more famous Castlevania games, I want to hear this from Andrew because he's, you know, he's not too familiar. What Castlevania game have we interested you in playing the most? The best game of all time is Castlevania Judgment for the Wii. <laughs> we didn't even touch that. <laughs> I, I, we didn't. It's, uh, uh, it's a terrible Power Stones clone. Yes, it is. But um, no, uh, honestly, is it, it honestly terrible? I picked it up for five bucks. It's yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not that good. It's all right. It's like oh, for five bucks. <laughs> I, I want it. It's a Castlevania game. I want it to be better. That's that. I, I don't. I don't. And I think that's. You can't really say that of a lot of games. Like a lot of games are merited by their value. This is one of those games that's merited by its franchise. Like there's a standard that I expect yeah. from it. Is a it, legacy, I mean, dare I say? In terms of Castlevania games, I mean, it is kind of that way. Like I know the legacy involved. I know the 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 fan base of that series. And I mean, if I could play one game, I I, I don't think I could play just one. I'd like to go and play through all of them. But I just know a time and. And availability of the consoles, that's kind of not really possible. But it's just something about that series. It seems like, you know, they all tie together in one way, shape, or form for the most part. Um, I mean, I, I do want to play more Lords of Shadow. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the sequel. Uh, but if I had to go back and play just one that I haven't played An before, older one. Older one that we and, talked about. <sighs> hmm. I mean, I, I maybe... I. I never did play the original. I think if I had to play one, I'd probably start at the very beginning. But I mean, it does it hold? Does it hold up? Yes, it does. It does I mean, yeah. like the platforming stiff, but it's one of those intentionally stiff platformers. Oh, like, hey, but what about Castlevania Chronicles? Uh, the one on yeah, and it's dude, it's like almost free on PS Plus. It's a remake yeah, of the original. You should do that one. Is it yeah. the, the the PS One classic? Yes. Yep. Okay, yeah, I think I do have access to that, so I might check that out. So, you so what? Well, play that. It's a remake what? of the very. It's the exact same first one, except it's remade oh. with 32-bit graphics. It's remade with yeah. the visual I style of Symphony of Night. I saw oh, okay. that when it that came sounds, out. Actually, that I really want to get that one. I heard like everybody's disappointed with it though. Everybody hated nah, it. It was no, good. No, no, people hated it though because it was. It, it, it's exactly Castlevania One. It is Castlevania One with new graphics. That's all it is. And people are like, "Well, fuck! I wanted something new." But if you it just acknowledge it for what it is, it's good. Like it's a good. good. Like I, I just like the graphical up because again, Castlevania, as I mentioned, it's a game that's very focused on its theming. It's very focused and within its world that it tries to create. And like, of course, like it's gonna do the best of what it can with an eight bit. Uh, display, but when you had 32 bits and you can actually articulate like near pixel perfect detail of like fucking gore and like lighting and darkness, then yeah, that's I would definitely justify re-experiencing that. Hell, I justify re-experiencing a full hand-drawn way forward remake of the original Castlevania again, the original one. 
Um, I only I only found out recently when it was re-released on PSN that it was actually kind of rare. Yeah, it's pretty rare. It's not easy. There is limited printing of it. And plus, I, I've, I had no idea. Yeah. And plus, uh, Konami stopped printing more copies when like the reception of it was so bad. Huh. And I hated that. That's like, ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the game, it, it's still really good. But yeah, I'd definitely go with that. But uh, okay. if you get the mm-hmm. chance. I, and yeah, especially if you, since you played Symphony original. of Blood, if you played Sy- or Symphony of Blood, if you played <laughs> Symphony of the Night, uh, yeah. play play Rondo of Blood. I've always Rondo heard that's Blood, one of the best. I know Jeremy yes. Parrish talks about that pretty uh, pretty frequently. Well, that's yeah, it, on that's on the PSP too, and it's dirt freaking cheap. Um, mm-hmm. you I, can it, also, it, it, honestly, if there's a digital version, I should just get on my Vita. To be honest, I yeah. yeah, there you can get it could I think, be yeah. Well, with Vita, the way they, uh, you know, address oh, PSP games. Yeah, mm, I, I agree guess. with that. That does kind of suck. But it's uh, I'm trying to think if like if it's on um, if it's on TurboGrafx-16 uh, library for uh, PlayStation 3. Like I'm tr- I, I don't exactly remember, but you can if you have a Japanese PSN account, it's definitely there. OK. All right. But anyway, um, yeah, definitely touch that. But. Okay, so last question. I kind of want to end off the top before we end uh, the episode. Uh, is is, the, is there still room in the world for Castlevania? I think there is. Like, especially I mean, with how desensitized we are to the, the sort of, uh, you know, things it tries to cater to. No, I, th- I think there is, yeah. Uh, because there's always going to be uh, people that enjoy the uh, the so-called Metroidvania genre, right? And what better mm-hmm. to uh, to experience it than you know, one of the defining games that sort of created it, right? I mean, is that really all it's known for now? It's just like it, the Metroidvania, Castlevania. Like, I mean, that's that's a sad thing. Like, it just sounds like that's all it's really going to be remembered for. I, and I kind of want to agree. Yeah. With, I kind of want to agree with Andrew. There. I, See, because here's the thing. I love I love Metroidvania more than any, I love Metroidvania more than any uh, person should to a point where I ostensibly uh, <laughs> use that fucking term that like arbitrary title when I can because I just I love the concept and I love it but I feel like it's been hammered to such an extent especially with Castlevania itself I want I want Konami to move away from that I actually don't want that part to like continue with Castlevania I want what Lords of Shadow is doing to continue yeah well honestly I think that has a lot to do with probably Kojima having his hand in it even if it's just from like a you know, I'm kind of helping and kind of overseeing some of this stuff, not necessarily being like a, a main producer. Having Kojima involved, I think, gave it that sense of like an epic scale, you know, and Castlevania should always be that kind of game. And I think because of the limitations of the consoles before, it can never really push that. But I think now that we have the technology and, and, and you know, the, the minds behind it to make it a possibility, I just I see it as. I would like to see it be more of a frightening thing, like more of a scare. I mean, that's the kind of it was meant to be like it's supposed to be a scary game. I mean, obviously, you can't go into the you know survival horror kind of aspects of it. But I don't know, like Dead Space seems to do it pretty well, mixing action with suspense and, you know, a really um, good narrative. Lords of Shadow I mean, does that later on. Yeah. Yeah. So you I mean, got to you know, really I mean, when you get farther into it, like that game gets, uh, you know, legitimately unsettling. And, yeah. I, and I, I will attribute to that. And I'd like to think I have a strong constitution for certain shit. And mm-hmm. I, I, I found myself very perturbed about some of the stuff that I had to do um, and some of the stuff that I've witnessed or happened to me. And that kind of goes into like, you know, 
again, I wish I could tell you, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, I don't know. Because like that was spoiled for me when I found out, and I was just like, "That's brilliant." Fuck, I wish I experienced it for myself though. So, so is there one thing that they could do to change it and make it just not maybe not only relevant, but just kind of push into a new form of like storytelling? Like, I, I, it just sounds like like to me. I mean, when you when you like, say it that way, right? I mean, you got to yeah. think of. Like, I can see your point on on that where, you know, monster movies, for example, just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Unless, not at um, any real capacity anyway. Like, yeah, no, it's obviously like not... cheesy B, B style movies and, you know, stuff like fucking Twilight, which is pure trash. But uh, outside of that, monster movies just like serious, legitimate monster movies haven't really existed for I don't know a few decades now. Right. Uh, the last decade, I mean, like when the nineties gave us critters and tremors and shit like that. Oh, well, yeah, I guess there's that. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, exactly. We're just so desensitized. So I really feel like the direction that Lords of Shadow is moving in it is it's still delivering like this unsettling, creepy environment that's using like tropes that do work that like, you know, not like jump scares more they, or less. What if they combined Castlevania with like a presentation like Limbo? Oh. I... Dude, I'd like a, like a 2D side scrolling. Oh my god. Yeah, but with uh with not so much like with that ambiance though, you know. Like ambience and yeah. and sort of like a mysterious uh like you can't really you know something's there but you don't know what's there. Yeah, that's and, that's what Castlevania's always tried to do, like the castle yeah, itself, but, but like, like but like not to that extreme though. If they took it to yeah, that extreme, I, I mean, think tell, that might tell be a story successful. with like Tell the story with the surroundings and not necessarily by like the characters, you know. Yeah, I'm all about it. I'm on board. <sighs> that, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that I would could... be a good step forward. I mean, honestly, I mean, if that's the case, you would really have to just say, okay, let's let, let's take a Capcom approach, but let's do it right to where we throw it into the hands of someone that's never really touched a Castlevania game or is you know an, an indie developer. You know, even if it's just like an Xbox Live Arcade game or, you know, a downloadable game, like throw it into their hands and, and let them do something different just to see if they can do, you know, ha- have a voice in that series that maybe hasn't been portrayed before. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that you can do with that, with the story, the characters, you know, that whole universe. You can do so much with it. And I feel like they keep on reiterating on the same things over and over. Except and like for it, Lord it, of Shadow again. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. But like you know, up until that point. It just seems like they reiterate on the same things, and it's just it needs a change. True that, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm stoked for the direction it's going. But if anything, they need, I think they just need to like for 2D. Yes, and like I like Sarah's suggestion. Hopefully, they that like they've cool. acknowledged. <laughs> like I don't know, there's no new Castlevania that works for 3DS of a 2D variety. In fact, yeah, there hasn't been any 2D Castlevanias other than Harmony of Despair, and that isn't even a traditional Castlevania game. That is a multiplayer fucking time score attack, time really, attack. It? Yeah. yeah, it's a multiplayer time attack game. So I think even Konami has realized that they've hit their wall with it uh, on a two-dimensional scale. And that's really ironic, being is that like the game was just so fundamentally uh, amazing because it was limited in a 2D space and they could never nail 3D at all. And now that they have nailed 3D, there's like nothing left for them in a 2D manner unless they keep reiterating old shit that they've done. Yeah, that's some irony right there. I just I'm letting it hit me now. It's pretty strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Castlevania in space. Fuck you, Ep- dude. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> it, it, Dead Space Three. You find out that Isaac Clarke has a fucking whip. It's like a fucking science whip. <laughs> science. 
Seriously, that's what's gonna happen. I swear to God, just watch. <laughs> oh wait. man, e- episode <laughs> end. Sure, why not? <laughs> All right. Well, you've just finished listening to us basically talk about Castlevania retrospective, talk about what we'd like to see, and, and all that. You just, you just listen to that. So, if you like what you listen to, go and find us on iTunes, subscribe, review, and we're also on Zoom as well as your favorite internet podcasting radio station, Stitcher. So you can find us on either one of those mediums, and we'll, we'll be around. But we're not just there. We're on our very own website, www.pressposradio.com, where not only will you find our episodes, you will find several other points of content, lots of editorial covering, several different points of opinionated editorial, reviews, previews, and other written discussions that uh, don't always make it to the show, and that's why they're there. So you can catch a lot of the reviews that uh, games that we talk about to get a more uh, better understanding of how we feel about them and you know where they rank. And also, you can do we're fucking we love talking to people. We just did a stream. The stream was really fun last night. I really wish if I chose a better time, we would have had a lot of more a lot more people on it. But oh, it's Halloween it. weekend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For the people that did hang out, thank you guys. Again, that was awesome. We're, we want to do more streams, play more games with you. We're gonna want to do more video. Where that's that's in the works. Um, you can definitely like our forums are like barely hanging on, and we want. I, I want. That's a big goal of mine for 2013. And in the twenty overdoes to to get some get some activity going on in that forum to where we talked a lot of people get some threads going. So definitely register, you know, openly share the forum or even then like I've I've been talking about it and like I still really enjoy like the concept of a forum, but I don't really want to do a Facebook group. I mean, you got our Facebook page. You use the Facebook page to reach us at our forum. That's the way I like it, because you can get a lot more personal with us on, on our forums. So allow that opportunity to take place. Working on the app still. So just to give you status report, uh, technology is a bitch. And there's your <laughs> status report. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tech but, sucks. Yeah, tech sucks, but we're working on it. Um, Bullet Heaven Season 4 is there? I mean, we're we talking on that? You know? Yeah, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Dayrona got a job, so. All right. Why, yeah, oh really? Back on track, yeah, yeah. I not. Uh, yeah, her, her job was uh, was well, her previous job was actually closing. Oh wow! And so yeah, the pressure was on, and that's why we've sort of not been focusing on anything else. So understood. Because the quality yeah. would have just kind of sucked. Understood. But, uh, but to kick off season four, I have a brand new project in the works right now. It's a little thing called Heaven and Back. It's going to be a quick rep- retrospective of. Uh, of sort of the the genesis of Bullet Heaven, where it came from, where it's going, some fond memories, and some special guests. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, wait for that. Sean Dodd. Be Sean Dodd's gonna be on it. Oh great! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fuck! That's, I can't believe that's still a thing. Like, have you checked your Twitter followers and just like reminding yourself, oh, that's a thing oh, still? Sh- Sean oh Dodd. wow, that that still exists. Still I would just like to hear what he sounds like. <laughs> oh god one of these days um uh-huh but yeah no i'm yeah. stoked on that uh, it's I am. it's on its way i've got a new uh feature coming along it's going to be i think i'm going to detail it in heaven and back but uh it's going to be uh it's going to be a good a good season once it actually starts up we're trying to figure out which game we want to do next it's probably going to be either death smiles or 
Godampachi Resurrection or Bullet Soul. One of the three. I don't know. Do we'll Death Smile so I can hear at least you be honest about it and how it's so overrated. Because that game is fucking overrated. I'm just not... It, I, I wanted to like that game much more than it did. But that's why Mushihime Sama Futari exists. Yeah, true enough. Yeah! So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got our sister shows. Uh, Vintage Play, I don't know when that's coming out. That's more Sarah Sean's outlet. But, um, you know, Sean's getting drunk on trains. So, um... I don't really know what's going on. He, that's what he's doing these days, but he, he's planning something cool for Vintage Play. Um, we need Matt, to figure out a whole time frame for Bellas too. Oh, yeah. And me and Sarah are also next limelight. I forgot about that. See, uh, last night we were talking about Asura's Wrath or mm-hmm. uh, God Hand, but I completely forgot about Valis. Yeah, I think cause, because we had prior engagements for that, we do Valis. And plus, it's another unknown game. You want your scantily clad women like I want my scantily clad women. And yeah, you got to get in. You got to get in on that Valis too. But Matt oh, and Stevie, oh, yeah. Matt and Stevie have uh, gone ahead and brought another sister show in the 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 last sister show part of Press Pause Radio, Indie Drome, where they talk about nothing but indie games. They just had the pilot episode go up. They talk about they bleed pixels in Ed McMillan's pretentious collection of pre-indie games before he got big. Um, I Okay, there's a lot of Ed McMillan games I do like, like Ether and Super Meat Boy. Oh, wait, that's it. Just those two. Um, <laughs> God, I just, I just, I hate all of them because they're so dumb yeah, and bad. Yeah. Everyone here should also check out my new podcast. I'll be launching a sister podcast to the site. It's all about strategy guides. And I want to let you know about all the new strategy guides and which ones are good in paperback, which ones are good in hardcover. It's called the strategy. It's coming soon. I I can't tell if he was being serious. Can you? <laughs> That's definitely not gonna be. Answered. All right, cool. I'm just like <laughs> like we're waiting for it. Like is he being? I, like, huh. Uh, this does fall in does it fall into the category of something else we were working on. So. That, oh fuck! You're right. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be good when that comes. I really? Because I don't even. You got to fill me in on that because I don't even. Well, no, going. no. It's it's the, uh, you know, it revolves around quarter circle. Oh yeah. No, ah. I forgot about that. No, uh, it's I. It's all just, coming back, isn't it? It is. Back now. No, we're, I am. We're running back. <laughs> I'm uh, totally working on that as well. Like we got a lot of shit we're working on. But anyway, we got a lot of stuff. George has got a lot of stuff. Uh, no, yeah, no, I fucking fuck all of you. Guys. George has too much stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, moving forward with that. Uh, next episode, I'm looking forward to the projected topic, and I'm gonna really be interested in that. So we'll give you some insight on that. But thank you again if you like this, listen, subscribe, review, and get in on that shit. This has been Press Pause Radio episode 66. Also, notice that this is our spooky episode. And it's episode 66. We're mm-hmm. almost a six away from being really fucking spooky. Yeah, we, we might have to happen. It was planned. It was totally planned. The whole uh, time. Yeah. All right. Who's been George Boy's axe? And toast. And the original stare. You go ahead and you give some love to your mummy. It was Halloween. Ooh.